Can you prompt it? Sure. Okay. Hey, you're live, Mike. Folks at home, <laughs> folks at home, how you doing tonight? Welcome to Ike Live. Thank you for tuning in tonight. We have a sick, super sick, tremendous show tonight. Uh, Happy New Year's to everybody. Join us tonight, Kevin Van Dam, the most amazing angler in the world, is joining us. I am so excited. Thank you. Thank you. Sound effects. Thank you. Very excited. Uh, let's start the show as we always do, and we want to send a Santa huge you thank that? you to our military, uh, active and veterans, uh, men and women of the military. Thank you guys for what you do. It's a crazy world. Also, super big shout out to the firemen, police, and EMT. Thank you guys for what you do. It's a selfless job. Thank you very much. We appreciate all your help and everything you do. Uh, let me real quickly introduce the room. And to my right, the co-host of this crazy Ike Live show, Pete Glusick in the house tonight. Happy New Year, everybody. Good to see you, Pete. On the casting couch tonight, we have one man, but he's amazing man. He's one <laughs> big, amazing man. And I say big, like big personality. Dave Bradzik in the house. Thank you. Thank you. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year to everyone listening. And back in our booth, the booth is what controls this show. We have two very special folks in the booth tonight. Of course, pushing the buttons. And with his new sound effects toy from Christmas, Brian the Carpenter, a.k.a. Ding Dong, in the house tonight. How you doing, Brian? What's up? And last but not least, our very own, my beautiful wife, Rebecca Iaconelli. Hi, Beck. How you doing tonight? It's going to be busy there. tonight. I know. It's going to be a busy night. Beck's handling the IMs. Uh, and speaking of IMs, please, we want to hear from you. We always want to hear your thoughts, opinions, and comments on what we're talking about. So hit us up on the IM right there next to your screen. You could also connect with us via social media, Pete. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, <laughs> at Ike Live Show, Twitter, Instagram, and, of course, Facebook. I had heard that. Uh, what about Pinterest? Do you think we should get a Pinterest account? Or is that a little... You have Dave? to ask Becky that one. Well, Dave, you have a Pinterest account. Don't you feel your guardian <laughs> why, why are you going to put me out well, there like just, that? Uh, no, I'm just telling you. You do have one. I have one, too. It's nothing to be ashamed of. I want to also let you know that we have a few amazing promotions going on right now. Of course, we ran a promotion leading up to the show... Uh, it was a uh, like, share, retweet promotion, and we're going to be announcing the winners of that after our special guest comes on. That's going to be in about an hour. And also, during the show, and this is a big one, this is a really big one, we want you to tweet or send through Instagram and Facebook a picture of yourself watching the show. We need to see the show you know, on a computer screen or a big screen or whatever, or your phone or however you watch it. We need to see you watching the show, and we need you to use the hashtag WatchIkeLive. And we're going to pick, not at random, but we're going to pick the funniest submission at the end of the show, and they're going to win an autographed one-of-a-kind tournament jersey. Look at that, Dave. It's nice. Awesome. Are we picking it on the air, or are we just going to mull it over after pick the show? It. We're going to pick it on the air. At end, the end of the show. show. Yeah. yeah. We're going to pick it. All right. I don't know what size this is. It might be a 3X, but if you don't want to hang it, you could also use it as a drift sock, <laughs> which might work really good. Uh, you know, i, I got to tell you, besides having a stellar guest on tonight, this is a big show for us. According to my notes here, Mr. Pete Glusick, this is show 38. 
38 shows. We're, we're way in. Maybe 39, right, Bri? Yeah, maybe. Maybe 39. <laughs> I'd have to physically go back and count. And this is our first show <clears throat> of 2016. It's pretty impressive considering the, the first show that I did here I thought was going to be my last. <laughs> You know, <laughs> hey Pete, could you come on for five minutes and get out? <laughs> wow! <laughs> thought it was going to be an in and out deal. That's, that's what I thought. And here we are. How many years later, Bry? Has it been two full years yet? It's almost three. Almost three. We start our third in February. Okay, we start our third year. Ah, really? In February? Is that correct? For real? Wow! Start of the third would be February. Okay. Yeah, we start of our third year. Yeah. And and here's here's what's exciting about this. This show has grown into an actual thing. This is actually the Ike Live show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're right. You're right. Did we, did we get There's a some questionable globe? math going on <laughs> yeah, back it's like here. Two years, right? We would be, we, we, and we, we would be finished two years in February, starting our third. Okay, starting our third. All right. Semantics. Okay. Wow. Right, we're starting our third coming to February. Uh, <laughs> but but this is a huge moment, and uh, I want to take time to personally thank all you guys right here in the room, Pete. Awesome. Thank you, Dave, Brian, you Beck. You guys are the show. So thank you very much. This has been an amazing journey. It's been a, yeah. it's been a lot of fun. It's been a real treat trying to learn how to do this and yeah. wrestling through all Somebody the asked if And all these great guests. Great guests. People that, that well, really, I mean, I, I might not have ever got a chance to talk to one-on-one. On one well, that's, that's, the really thing, cool. that's the thing that's mind-blowing to me is we're getting to talk to people inside the fishing world, outside the fishing world. And we're getting to know them for their fishing, but we're getting to know them as people. And that's pretty mm. special, right? We've had athletes on. We've had Jerry yeah. McKinnis on. And we're getting to really know people for who they are. And that's 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 special. Especially the outside of the industry guys that we've had in here. Trent Cole. Trent Cole. The soldiers. The Miller brothers. The Miller brothers. Mm. I mean, that was, uh, that, been that, awesome. that was pretty cool. And we're all connected through bass fishing. We're all connected yep. through the sport of fishing. Yeah. It's like a community. Yeah. It is like a community. We're going to be talking about that later. Don't give it away. Bring that up. Interesting. Uh, and in the growth of this show over the last two years, uh, we've got some amazing people backing the show, and I want to talk about that real quick. Uh, very excited to announce that in 2016 we have a list of proud sponsors of Ike Live. Uh, I want to start with uh, the presenting sponsor of the show, and you're going to be seeing a lot from these guys a little bit later. We're going to be doing an unboxing live on the show. Mystery Tackle Box joining Ike Live as a sponsor of 2016. Everybody loves Mystery Tackle Box. Awesome product. We're, we're, we're going to be really diving into this thing a little bit later. So excited to, uh, to be working with these guys. Another one, and this is a great tie-in because of our guest tonight. There's a product sitting right there. T&H Marine. T&H Marine joining Thank us. Thank you, T&H. T&H Marine joining us as, as a Nike Live sponsor. What is, what is that thing? Is that the antenna from Back in the Future? It might be. I don't know if Michael J. Fox <laughs> is like going to pop out. <laughs> uh, also, another great new sponsor of the show, and, and I love when I've got something here that I can touch and hold and show everybody, but we have this amazing company. We've all used these boxes since we were like 10 years old. Flambo, Flambo Outdoors, joined us as a Nike Live sponsor in 2016. That's amazing. Awesome tackle the boxes. anti-rust technology. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. I mean, you know, rusty stuff is the worst, and that's going to stop that stuff. And we're going to talk more a little bit later about Flambo. Let me throw another one at you. New another for 2016. One? Yes, throw one more at you. Hobie Kayaks joined us in 2016. Right. Uh, exciting news, and Brian the Carpenter, correct if I'm wrong, we're actually going to have several... 
kayak shows, Ike Live shows, yes. coming up in 2016. We've been talking about them since the beginning. Can't wait. And yeah, why, why wouldn't we? It's the, yeah. it's the fastest growing sect of fishing, I think, is, yeah. is kayak Huge fishing. growth. Huge area Getting growth. people out to the water like never before. Yeah, yeah. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, uh, let me find it for the product placement shot. Uh, uh, and there it goes. Liquid Mayhem on board from day one. Amazing scent product rejoining us this year, 2016. Liquid Mayhem, everybody. Thank you, Liquid Mayhem. Yeah. We're going to be talking more about that scent. It's an amazing scent. We're going to be talking about that a little bit later. Uh, but let's start the show. Before we dive into getting KVD on the phone, let's dive into uh, the holidays a little bit. And, and uh, we, we celebrated a Christmas and the New Year since our last show. Pete, let me start with you. How was your holiday? Oh, man, it was awesome. I mean, my, my son, Jake, uh, some of you may know, he's six years old. And what what that couldn't there couldn't be a better time to be celebrating Christmas. <laughs> That's right. And when you have a six year old running around the house and uh, it's awesome. You know he gets spoiled, right? He's you know he's got a lot of grandparents and he gets a lot of toys, but we just have fun spoiling. We had a blast at Christmas, and um and then in the New Year's we did something kind of low key. Uh, we had a little kids party, you know, where Jake wow. had some of his friends and. And uh, we had a little, uh, you know, we celebrated New Year's at about 10 o'clock a little early. That's cool. Now, did you bang on pots and pans? Uh, No, but we made a lot of noise. Okay. Made a lot of noise. We had fun. I think that's, is that an old Jersey thing or is that old South Philly thing? Banging on the pots and pans? I don't know. SEIM board. Okay. I want somebody. Anywhere where someone had a stoop, they sat on a stoop, I'm sure they banged the pots and pans. Right. I feel like it's a South Philly thing, banging on pots and pans. Dave, how about you? Good, good Christmas, good yeah, New Year's? You're right, because in the South, they'd be shooting shotguns, right? They'd be shooting shotguns. <laughs> Absolutely. Double barrel. How was your holiday, Dave? <laughs> it's good, like Pete said. I, I, got, a, you know, I got a six. You know, I got a little girl who's going to be six. My son's seven. It's, it's a pretty special time. And uh, Nickelodeon had this special this year called uh, Catching Santa or something like that. The kids were trying to set up traps to catch Santa, so my kids <laughs> programmed their iPads, or I helped them program their iPads. Yeah. And they actually... Uh, this was the cookie cam. Wow! And Santa, <laughs> Santa's caught on film. Santa there. got Look snagged on the Hold cookie on, cam. Yeah. Look at that! Hold on. Unfortunately, that his face—we didn't get his face on the shot, but the wow. both their iPads got him at the tree, putting wow. down wow. the presents. So they were part successful in their mission to get documented proof of Santa Claus. That's awesome! So Santa made it to your house, and I notice looks like Santa brought you something today. Yeah. You got a little story on that? Yeah. Beautiful no, underwear. You know, yeah. Uh, um, you know. On social media, after every show, some white knight always reminds us that children are watching, and I just want to let the children that are watching know that Santa loves grown-ups, too, and Santa got me a new Red Under Armour t-shirt. Mm. So look, it looks good. Yeah. It looks good. <laughs> and it's his favorite color, red. So red and camouflage. That's Santa loves who that knew? shit. You know, who knew? I mean, this is how Santa, this is how Santa rolls, man. He loves it. He loves it. How'd that tie into... Not, well, you know what? Confused. Because the people with the with the kids are watching, shaming us after every show. That guy. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The language. I'm and tired the, of that. Yeah. But we just well. cursed our way through that segment. Yeah. I, not we, Mike. I, Mike I, said, I said shit. <laughs> I said shit. Shit's not even a curse. Brian told me I'm not allowed to curse anymore. Okay. So. No more cursing for you, Dave. <laughs> uh, uh, let, let me go back to the booth. Brian the Carpenter. Yes. You've got a hackle of kids too. I've got two. I got two boys, yeah. 14 and, and 12. How, how was your Christmas? It was good, man. It's yeah. good, yeah. Anything uh, special or erratic uh, happen? Yeah, we got a uh, wife ordered some stuff off of eBay, some uh, Game Boy games, and they were they were dupes, they were frauds. Whoa! Yeah. Some dirty bastard from uh, Alabama. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Figures. Two separate accounts. 
but we tracked it. We tracked it down. It came from the same place. Wow. Yeah. Christmas scam. Yeah, but That's we got our money bad. back. eBay's real cool about yeah. re- refunding. Yeah. So. yeah. And then uh, New Year's was low key, man. We went and saw Star Wars. How was that? It was. Um, it was. I think if I was still ten, I would have loved it. You yeah. know, it was really on like a ten-year-old level. Now, is it? Yeah. It felt like it was the same, the first movie all over. Again. Right. Now I got to ask you. I'm actually already looking at the IMs here. They're blowing up. And somebody said, "Is it true that the effects here at Ike Live are a thousand times better than the ones in Star Wars?" <laughs> They're about the same. About the same. Yeah, yeah. That, that applause wow. line is just so stellar. I can't wait to hear it again tonight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least we got something, Dave. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> he was banging on the table before this thing. I'd rather hear you say "amazing" ten more times than hear that applause line. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Yeah. Wow. That was good. Wow, this is a good sound effect machine. I like it. Uh, let me continue on. And uh, Becky, well, can you comment on uh, our Christmas and New Year's? How, how, reflecting back, how, how was it for you? Us. We. <laughs> it, was, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. We have little people. We do. Which makes it a lot of fun. And the big girls always want to be here with the little ones and diving into gifts. And then yeah. your mom and uncle are here. So yeah. we have a lot of gifts under the tree. Santa finds us. Yeah. Now, I, I want to tell you something. Did you find it very freaking strange and peculiar that the weather was mm. like 68 degrees on Christmas yeah, Eve? Yeah. yeah. I had strange. the air conditioning on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, I swear, I, man. I think a lot of the I country too, yeah. fell into that same trap. Is yeah. is that disturbing to you, Pete? Sure. Well, I mean, I'm disturbed because of the El Nino and what it's going to do for fishing and what it's going to do for the rest of this winter. And it's some, I mean, we're going to have the shortest winter on record. Right. We haven't been below freezing but a couple days up here. Yeah. We're used to having frozen water by now. And uh, Do you miss it? Do you miss the old days of when you could play in the snow on Christmas? I, honest, no, I know it's coming. Yeah. Right. We're going to get a January and February here that's going to be nasty. Nope. Two I, weeks in March. That's it. Yeah. I, th- I think it's. I, I'm okay with a short winter. Classic week. Yeah. I'm really okay with a short winter. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't miss it that bad. Yeah. You know, because I think we're still going to get it. You yeah. Know? It'll unfortunately happen right when my azaleas start to bud. I'm <laughs> 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 nope. so disappointed that when that happens. <laughs> that happened last year, Lake right? Frost. Wasn't that last year? It, it got did, really yeah. warm and then it froze again and yeah, everything in my yard died. It yeah. did. All the lilies yeah. started coming up. And they took a beat. Got the butterfly bushes. Wow. Yeah, yeah. it did. Well, that, that's summertime, Brian. Yeah. I, I no, it was it was it was a uh, late frost. And my hydrangea. Hey, I could I, you know, not to interrupt the uh, hydrangea and, and gardening. <laughs> talk, <but> the, uh, <laughs> I remember uh, last time. It has to do with fishing as well. The climate change. And, it's a mess already. Last, last time we had a mild winter, the Delaware River exploded. Following that, it was a mild winter, and it was like the best year ever. It was catching 40 fish a day really? all summer long. It was absolutely out of yeah. control. The Chesapeake was on fire, too. Really? That year. Well, well, here, and here's I wonder why, if that will happen again. Here's where I, I'm, I'm, like, huh. uh, I'm torn, because I feel bad that you know, like the kids aren't experiencing the cold winters like we used to have. I feel bad about that. I feel bad that we're, event- we're killing the planet here, <laughs> essentially. But the <laughs> However, other side of me... Is happy yeah. because it's helping the fishing. It really is. I, I mean, the fishing has never been better in a lot of places in this country since this global warming El Nino yeah, stuff but, but, has started to happen. That. 
New Jersey used to be like a quarter mile under ice like a million years ago. Yeah. There were no SUVs driving around then. Yeah. They melted it. I mean, it, it, planets go through cycles, man. Yeah. They so get Christmas warm, was they good. Get cold. Yeah, yeah, dinosaurs, ice age. So you age, had a good Christmas. Good Great. Christmas. <laughs> Mike, got offensive, Mike got offensively drunk on New Year's. People have already commented on Is the IM right? feed oh, about did. him. How did, how did that happen? That's right. How that, does that not happen I every forgot. year? I, well, I, this year what we kind of made we made a pact to not drink as much as we normally do. We were over in the city of Philadelphia, but somehow about 11, 11.30, it snuck up on me. And it snuck up on me in the form of two words. So-co. Oh, no. You know what I'm talking oh, no. about. You should know better, The man. old demon, So-co. It's your own damn fault. Hunting me out again. It's your own fault. Making me drink PBRs. I mean, the whole nine. Uh, but I, I don't regret it. I feel like once a year you should take yourself over the ledge. Did you get arrested? I did not get arrested. Well, did not get first. arrested. So then this year you, you made up for the next now next 12 years. You just got to go dry? I might have to. You've been over the edge like 12 <laughs> times this year. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? It's, it's, it's all by your logic but and theory. Uh, but it's definitely a New Year's thing that he, he takes it, it to such an extreme that it's like a two-day hangover. Right. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I mean, he was literally hanging out on gets, the road. Yeah, and it gets like, worse as oh, you get older. Would you agree you with that, Dave? You can't recover. You can't recover. We yeah. used to get like that Lack in Lack of 20s. testosterone. Go to work. Go to the gym. Function. Play sports. Yeah. Now I can't. You're done. Well, you, in our 20s, you used to go to the pennant. Quarter drafts. Quarter drafts. All night, wake up the next day and do whatever. And function. Yeah, and function. Wait, function. I'm confused. Though. Brian, Brian right. said lack of testosterone. How does that explain women getting worse hangovers? Um, uh, something, I don't know. I don't know. All right. Uh, and I get ripped on for the ice. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we digress. Uh, let's. I, I want to get the show moving. Uh, yeah. Brian DeCarpter, you want to get the show moving? Yeah, let's get uh, to our guests. We got man. caught up a little bit with what happened during Christmas and New Year's, but I'm excited. I, I feel energized. Um, I'm I'm a bit uh, not I want to say nervous. I'm just excited to have on our guest, and I've I've been waiting for this for several weeks, like a lot of our viewers. Uh, I, man, I don't I don't know what to expect. I'm excited about it, and we're and we're gonna see. Uh, Brian DeCarpenter, do you need some time to get uh, <laughs> Mr. KVD on the phone, or or, or can we just, dial him up? Uh, now? Give me one more second. Okay, I'll give you another second. And uh, joining us, I, I I believe we have him via Skype. I think he's from his home uh joining us via skype the one the only mr kvd <laughs> kvd <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> how's it going boys hi uh hi did you, did you grow, here uh, did you grow a beard oh yeah okay Wow, you! <laughs> I uh, I'm 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 a little I'm caught uh uh I'm a little caught off guard right here. Yep. What? Big fan of the show. Thanks I appreciate. For me on. I appreciate that. Uh, you, man, you look you you have some physical characteristics that look different right now. Uh, is everything okay or? Yeah, I'm a hundred percent. Okay. It's an honor to have you. It is an honor to have <laughs> you, you here. Very much. Now, uh. KVD, I'm, and I'm not sure. I, Brian DeCarpenter, is this actually KVD? This With is a, KVD. Okay, this is KVD. It's Kurt Von uh, Dibble. Okay. Uh, Carl Von Dibble. <laughs> 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 right. oh, I've done that we ten times. Do people do that all the time. A lot of people call me Kevin. I don't know where that's coming from. <laughs> I, I don't know either. Uh, but KVD, I want to announce to you and to the rest of the people watching Night Live our beer of choice tonight. And we're drinking a, brew, a brewery of uh, Day of the Dead beer. 
And uh, oh. Hefenweissen tonight called Immortal Beloved is our beer of choice. And uh, do you have a drink of choice tonight? Mm. Yeah, this is a, a garlic cross scent. Uh, my wife packs it for me every morning. Uh, it's got some hints of lavender in there, some <laughs> a little fresh sage. It really does the trick. Wow. Wow. That, Sounds like liquid mayhem. That's amazing. Now, now, KVD, we asked everybody here in the room about their their holiday. Let me huh? ask you about your holiday. And more specifically, let me ask you, what, do you have a New Year's resolution going into 2016? Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Now, uh, my holiday was mostly spent uh, out on the boat, as it normally is, uh, just trying to, uh, trying to catch something, which brings me to... My New Year's resolution next year, uh, I'm going to catch one fish a month. That's my plan. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm out on the boat at least three hours a day, uh, up to eight sometimes. And, you know, I, I have trouble reeling them in. Uh, so next year, one fish a month. Wow, one a month. Yeah. That's, I mean, hey, that's something. Now, now at this point, I just realized you're not Kevin Van Dam. You, you're KVD, but you're not the Kevin Van Dam, the pro angler that we're supposed to have on the show. Oh, okay. Um, I don't... I'm KVD. Right. I saw that you were having KVD on the show. Yeah. So, Uh, who's Kevin? (laughs) Bri, I think we have a... I I think there's a mix-up or something. Did you hit the wrong button, the wrong... uh... Mystery Tackle Box? Oh, oh, wait a minute. I'm up there. Oh, there you go. I see in the back now. All right. All right. So wait a minute. So let me let me just preface this by letting everybody know we are going to have Kevin Van Dam on, but <laughs> we also have KVD on for Mystery Tackle Box. Man, I, so <clears throat> before we let you go, I want to tell you, do you have any big accomplishments, any accolades that you want to let people know about? Oh, of course. Of course. I mean, uh, you may know uh, I did win Bassmaster Classic uh, Loudest Fan. Uh, that's uh, that's a very prestigious award. Uh, you got a hoop and holler, and <laughs> I did both. Hard to do both. Um, let's see here. Uh, 45th place, uh, the Kids Pee Wee Championship. Let, let me wow. see if I can get that back far enough to get this whole thing in frame there. Is that crystal on there? Is that is that plastic? Oh, yeah, that's, that's genuine crystal. Wow. Uh, now, Maybe see, that's 45th. There were 47 kids in that class, so I had to I had to – cast pretty hard um wow on the leaderboard at least wow that's That's well that's amazing hey thank you for joining us and do me a favor uh can you can you keep tuned in to us tonight because we're actually gonna do an unboxing tonight and i would love to talk to you after the show and get your opinion of our unboxing okay Okay. Awesome, everybody. KBD, Carl Von Dibble, everybody. Thank you. Or Kurt, as Brian would say. <laughs> Whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> We're like, Brian, I knew you were going to do that. We can't hear you, but I knew you were going to do that. Yes. Yeah. I did. I did it. Thank you for not letting us down on that. Yeah. I just had to do it. He that knew was he was going to do it. All right. Now, let me remind uh, Hey, I wa- real yeah. quick. I wonder who his uh, toughest competition was in that loudest fan Uh I don't know. The guy from Philadelphia? Yeah. What, nah, what's your McCullough's wife's pretty, uh... <laughs> oh, uh, Bill Lowe's wife? Oh, oh. oh. I don't know. All right. <laughs> uh, let me remind everybody that that was kind of a joke. That was kind of a prank. We do have 
Mr. Kevin Van Dam joining us in a little bit, so stay tuned here. Hopefully uh, people didn't tune out. Well, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> they might have saw uh, Kevin's Kurt coming, for real. And and just bailed out, you know? But he is he is coming. Carl. Carl. If anything yeah. else comes out of tonight, I have a new beer that I like, man. This shit you do like it. Dude. Now, actually, you don't want to tell you about that beer. Becky actually found that beer. Wow. Yeah, she... Floating in the river. Yeah, she found it. Well, was that another sound effect, Brian? That was. <laughs> that was boop, oh boy. Boop, 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 boop. Now, uh, I, real interesting thing too. I want to mention that during the uh, Kevin Van Dam interview here in a couple minutes, we're actually going to be talking about a TNH product uh, that we've got here on the table. And Pete, you were familiar with this product a little bit. Well, what, what's what is this thing sitting on our on our Ike Live table? Well, it's 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 called the Kong. It's uh. It's a mounting bracket for uh, sonar units. What's going on right now out in the industry or in the fishing business is we're using these sonar screens that are giant. They're getting bigger and bigger. They're getting bigger and bigger. And if anybody has driven around with these systems, they're very difficult to mount and keep in a consistent position without them constantly just falling down on you or moving around. Yeah. And uh, TNH has designed, along with Kevin, this amazing bracket. That is uh, that's going to keep those larger units fixed into place. You're going to put it where you want it, and it's going to stay there for you throughout your fishing. So I'm I'm anxious to hear Kevin talk about it. I mean, he was involved in the design of the of yeah. the concept, and uh, I, I like it. I can tell you, looking at it right now, and we'll we'll hear from Kevin about it. But looking at it, it's super heavy duty, and it's super. Uh, it looks like easy assembly. There's not a million mm-hmm. moving parts. Which I like about that design. So we're, yeah. we're going to hear about that in a little bit. Uh, yeah, Becky, Miss Rebecca, what do we have? You guys are getting slaughtered. Oh, it's we're getting slaughtered. T H, not T and H. Oh, <laughs> that's that's just my New Jersey accent. Yeah, we would say T and H. Right. T and H. And yes. How do you how do you say liquid? Liquid mayhem. Mayhem. Yeah. That's mayhem. Mike. Mayhem. That's, that's all yeah. Mike. Well, that's just me. That's my accent. You can't. It's you just can't, uh, it's just how we promote them. That's it. That's how we do it. It's Jersey style. All right. Uh, and I think Brian the Carpenter, we actually have the real Kevin Van Dam on. The real KVD. We do. We do. Okay. I heard, I heard of this guy. I heard of this guy, too. Uh, hopefully, this is the real one. Join us live <laughs> via Skype for the for the 1,000 people that stayed on and the 8,000 that logged off five minutes ago. Uh, join us live via Skype. The real Kevin Van Dam. KVD. Yeah. Hi, Kevin. Hey, man. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. How are you? Uh, man, I'm uh, I'm excited. It's uh, been a good holiday break. Hopefully, you had a, you guys had a good one with your family and everything. I, I know we did. It just went way too fast. Now it's back to the grind, starting tomorrow. It went, it went too fast. Now, I, I, I notice uh, we have a habit of our guests trying to one-up each other when they come on the show. And I notice this is... Who put together this ensemble you have on tonight? Well, it's been kind of a busy day, and, you know, I just had a few things left over from New Year's, some glasses, the beats, and things like that. And it's a NFL Sunday, last uh, of the year for me and uh, and the Eagles, if you notice that. Oh! <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, we've got major, reminder. Aware. Yeah, we've got major problems uh, in Philadelphia yeah. right now. Uh, now, I know you just got back from a family vacation. Uh, where, where did you guys go? How, how was the vacation? So after we have all our family in for Christmas, uh, well, a lot of them, my, my brother uh, that lives in Charlotte, my mom and dad come up from Florida and, and go there. But the rest of our family, uh, 
comes over here. I have some of some of my brother and a sister that live real close, and another sister and brother um, in Cleveland, and so they come over, and then all the nieces and nephews, and our our family's getting bigger by the by the year. Um, you know, Jonathan got engaged uh, this fall or just right before Christmas, so. He's gonna. We got another wedding coming this year, but we had everybody up for that, and then right after that, we go up to Traverse City uh, right. and and spend New Year's up there with a bunch of our friends and all of their kids, which our kids go to school with too. So it was a uh, busy, busy holiday. But now, good. now I I know Traverse City. Now I gotta ask you this, and I know a million people are probably blowing up our IM right now. Did you get to tie fishing into that trip while you're up there? Well, normally. What we do is, is ice fish, and I was looking at the forecast the week before because it was so warm for us. I mean, we were fishing here in Kalamazoo, uh, you know, right up to Christmas, but then it got cold. And so even the little lake, we we, ha- we have a place rented right on this one lake up there called Spider Lake, and uh, uh, but the, the ice was about 50, 60 yards out from the shore. You could walk on it a little bit, but, you know, I mean, it's just dangerous. So we're kind of right in that in-between time. Yeah. And, uh, Normally, like I say, we're up there fishing for bluegill or walleye or, you know, we've caught a few smallmouth and stuff through the ice up there, but just trying to catch something good to eat, you know, and <laughs> but with no fishing at all this year. Just now, horrible. now I'd, I'd say it's it's funny because, like, you know, we get very few real vacations. Uh, and I know, Kevin, I know you guys are the same. You're so busy. You know, when you finally get one, you'd think you want to be a million miles away from the sport but i could tell you for me like when becky and i are planning trips i'm like always jonesing to tie a trip into it somehow you know even if it's like a half day even if it's like two hours i always yeah, try like, to do we that. we like to do the same thing um especially you know my boys have grown up around it and they they really like to bass fish uh, you know they're starting college next year and they're looking to i mean they're going to be on the collegiate team there they want to they want to get into all that but what they really like to do is different things. So, like, you know, they love to go into the Keys and fishing for sharks or tarpon or things like that or, or going salmon fishing or, or walleye or just, just doing different things than bass fishing because, unfortunately, they've gotten a little spoiled with the bass fishing at times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, we've got uh, we got a lot of IMs coming through, but I'm, I'm looking at one here that came up on the Twitter, and this relates to Christmas. So I want to ask you this, and uh, – Bill Graves from Brooklawn asked, <laughs> is it true that Bass Pro Shops bought the North Pole? <laughs> they, they have their own outdoor division up there. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, as much stuff as Johnny's been buying, uh, nothing would surprise me at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, every time we look, they're getting bigger and bigger, which is which is pretty amazing. Uh, I... I, I I want to start, uh, and I'm just going to jump right into it because I don't know if you kept up with it. I know you guys were were traveling and and you were on vacation, but we've been posting about this show for about a week and uh, and, and some, some really cool posts, some funny posts. And the biggest common denominator on comments that came back through were, you know, like, are me and you going to duke it out? Are we going to brawl? Are we going to get into a a cursing match here? There's this huge misconception that we hate each other's guts. Uh, I I want to clear the air on my side first and say that that is not true on my side. Uh, Do you want to clear the air, Kevin? Is there anything you want to say? Let's just get it out in the air right now. I mean, 
people are always looking for that. You know, I, I went through the same thing for years with Skeet, and the bottom line is, is I've got nothing but, but love for you, Mike. I can just tell you that. I mean, I wish you nothing but the best. I mean, everybody that's a fierce competitor is going to have their times when, um, you know, that may seem something like that. And the and Bassmaster especially, you know, I mean, they're the media is looking yeah. for things. You know that. I mean, over oh, yeah. your career. Um, you've had you've had multiple instances. I have also where you know they're just they're looking for something. We're looking uh, for stuff tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you guys aren't going to fight, I don't know if I can stay tuned in. <laughs> no, I um I got I, I got nothing but a ton of respect. I mean it's it's interesting because you know I've been fishing for a long time and really you have quite a, quite a while too. And one of your first tournaments we fished together. And, you know, I saw right then what a competitor you were. Um, you know, you've had a ton of success. You're one of the most popular guys in the sport. Um, do an a, incredible job with a lot of fans. I know you, you guys have your own foundation. Um, Sherry and I have had ours for a couple of years, too. I mean, we're a lot alike in a lot of ways. Our styles are a lot alike. And I think just because we're both aggressive like that, People just yeah. want to see us go at it, yeah. you know, and uh, it, it is what it is. But uh, does does it surprise you though that that many people believe that? Because I think if you're if you're a competitor and and you compete in anything, right, whether it's darts or ping pong or fishing or football, you kind of you know you, you know exactly what we're talking about. You have this respect and and you know this admiration for your other competitors. But a lot of people don't see it that way. Does it surprise you that people? misread that well a little bit and the thing that um kind of helps me is is my mom is the most competitive person there is it doesn't matter if it's baking playing cards or whatever it is and i see how she is and unfortunately i I know that's that's where i get it from so um you know i i can kind of understand why people are that way i don't try to be um, arrogant, or I don't try to get in people's heads. Like the whole thing with Jeff Crete and I, you know, with the squirrel. Yeah. You know, we're we're really good friends, and we have a lot of fun with that. And there's so many people that look at that totally opposite than than what our relationship really is. And um, you know, we have fun with it. You know, it, it, yeah. It, it gets him. It's got him a lot of airtime. So he, yeah, we, you don't want to dispel all the rumors tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, let me let me. Uh, let me talk about one rumor that's true, and and you actually mentioned it already, Kevin. But I I wanted to tell you this first part of this, uh, which is you really had a big role in in me becoming a professional angler. And I don't know if you knew that. So you mentioned the one, and I'll get back to that in a second. But I wanted to mention the first one, which is it's a really weird little thing that maybe it only happened in my head. I don't know. Uh, but when I first started competing, I, I fished as an amateur, and I fished an event on Lake Norman. And um, I, I fished one that I bombed, and then a year later I fished another one back on Lake Norman as a co-angler. And I ended up winning. And it was like I, I won this boat. It was a Ranger 374, just this little boat, but it was like a dream come true for me. I had a John boat up to that point, right? And all of a sudden I went down and won this boat. And, like, this was like... It was like this was my next step to get me to that place. And I remember getting in that boat and sitting in it. Like, I mean, I just won the thing. They gave me the keys. And I, I, I'm sitting in the boat. Like, this happened right at weigh-in. I, just, I don't even want to get out of the thing. And I, I remember you walking past 
And I don't remember if you said something or if you just you looked at me or you said good job or something, but you, you, you acknowledged me somehow. And that was – it sounds so queer. But no, it doesn't. It, it does a little <laughs> nah, bit. No, no, no. But it was a big moment for me. And, and that was one. And the second one you mentioned, which was we drew each other, and it was a day that um, was – you know, I, I got to see someone that I admired for so long at work – next to me and and uh it compelled me to want to do it professionally so thank you for doing that on both occasions i appreciate that yeah no i mean it's it's crazy um that you mentioned things like that because i can look back at certain instances early in my career and where things happen like that you know the first tournament of the, that i ever fished on my first full season was at the st lawrence river and i had saved up my life savings to that point and said, Hey, I'm going to compete this whole year and just see how it's going to go. And, you know, I had like 20, I don't know, $22,000 in the bank at the time. And that first tournament, um, I ended up finishing third and I won a boat. And that boat, after I was able to sell it, was enough to where I could, you know, bankroll that year and know that I was not going to lose my whole life savings. And it was just, that was so huge at that point That's in my huge. career yeah. to have that happen yeah. and then be able to, to carry into it. So, I, you know, it's little things like that yeah. that, um, you know, can make or break them. Yeah. Uh, and I, getting started. And I think those things happen for a reason. I, I believe in that. I'm a big believer in fate. Now, when you were at that age or earlier, did you have guys, Kevin, that you looked up to that you aspired to be? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, when I started out... Uh, I mean, I, I was, you know, I was crazy at a really young age. And I mean, um, my, you know, my family, you can tell my last name, Van Dam, we're Dutch. I mean, it's, you know, church, going to church on Sunday is a big deal. My mom wouldn't even let us fish on Sundays. It took, took a while for me to be able to go fishing on Sundays. But I always look forward to that TNN block of, you know, the early Bassmasters and, and Bill Dance and, and, you know, Roland and, and Hank and just all those guys. And so, yeah. you know, my brother has a big sporting goods store, and I started working there when I was 11 years old in the tackle store. And it wasn't very big then. but Wow, child labor laws in effect. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I just I did because I wanted to be around fishing, you know. I mean, I know you're the same way. I, I've, I've seen you. I mean, you have the – you have that same sicknesses yeah, that I do. I do. I do. <laughs> but, but you know, when I started out early like that, um, my brother got a few of the pros to come in there. And I remember, like, when Larry Nixon came to my brother's store the first time, I was, like, 16 years old or something at the time. I was so nervous, I couldn't even go up to him and shake his hand or talk to him. Wow. I, I just couldn't even acknowledge him. Because, I mean, just because he was just... I was in such awe uh, that he was even there yeah. to be around somebody, an angler of that of that magnitude. So, you know, I just uh, all those guys, you know, that that kind of paved the way uh, early in the in the Bassmaster days. Uh, just gosh, I looked up to all. Of them. I mean, and a lot of them are really good friends now. I mean, I still really really good friends with Larry and you know Bill Dance is a good friend of mine and just guys that are just legends in the sport and that I watch all the time. Just. Uh, uh, you know, they they made it uh, a lot better for the time. I mean, it's you, you look at it. Uh, you know, I've been in the sport now, for, I think, for 25 years, and it's changed a bunch. But I don't think the opportunity's ever been better for a young angler. I mean, mm -hmm. this all the high school teams now, all this, the the collegiate teams, collegiate fishing, these programs and that, 
there's there's more opportunities now than yeah. there's ever been and you know it's always been tough there's yeah. always been people sleeping in the back of their truck yeah. there's always been people starving but i now is, is you know such a great time to be a new and upcoming young angler yeah that good pete hey kevin it's pete i know you can't see me but i can see you and it, it's it's great to see you but um i want to tell you guys i also won a boat in my second tournament in professional fishing Saddleback, saddleback, <laughs> just so everybody guys. knows but here's the here's the cool thing is and i and and you may remember this tournament kevin because it was really uh it was really cool for me is <laughs> rick Lillegard finished first i finished second and won that boat and kvd finished third potomac river yeah it took me 20 years to beat you again <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but that that was a, that was a big moment for me. But I remember uh, when I was fishing, Kevin, we're about the same age, and um, you were so young to have success. And at the time when the young guys weren't having success, yes, that that was that did not happen back then. No, yeah, it was it was the Larry Nixons, it was the veterans, yeah, that were doing so good. And we're seeing uh, now. With, I guess you know, how would you? Explain why the young guys are able to get it done now. Is it the internet? Is it the information chain? What's going on out there that let the young kids do so good? Uh, it's it's a combination of those things and definitely technology. I mean, uh, there there's still no substitute for experience. I think we we would all agree on that. But um, you know, down imaging, side imaging, um, GPS. You know, those things have definitely made a, a big uh, difference. And then, like you say, the social media. Uh, the internet, the information gathering out there to be able to do research on the lakes. I know, you know, when I first started out, all you could get was, you know, not a very good map even. And and I know, Mike, you're still a big uh, fan. I, I still get a map for every place that we go because, yeah. you know, the GPS chip and things like that, it, it misses a lot of things. I like to be able to see all my options. But back then, that's all you had. And you had to, you know, if you wanted to fish offshore, you had to, you know, triangulate things. I, I learned a ton uh, from David Fritz about fishing offshore structure and, and crankbait yeah, he's fishing. A mass, he's a master um, at that. You know, back in the mid-90s, you know, and nowadays uh, it's just so much easier with with all the technology and, and information and, and, you know, everybody, you know, getting waypoints and things like that. It's just, um, you, you know, a, a lot of guys have forgot how to find fish the old-fashioned way, and uh, yeah. it'd be kind of fun, at t- you know, to go out with a rowboat with just a trolling motor and no depth finder, just see see how see how guys would do again. But I, I like the sounds of this. We might have to talk to somebody about getting this started up. That'd be a fun event. Well, it would be. The major league fishing thing is is you know a really obviously I know how much you love that format too. I, love I mean, it. Yeah. I think both of us it really um, it, it caters to. A fast-paced angler style, and uh, you know I, I like that aspect. I like the no information aspect, and, and it's cool too to be able to score all the fish. You know, I mean, it, not saying that um, it's better than any other tournament or any other series or, or anything like that, because it's not. It's just different, and you know those the rules and the format definitely cater towards my style so and and yours for that matter you know that's why we've had success there yeah now now i want to jump to something while we're on this topic you know so again you know you started young i think you were 23 when when you turned pro and we talked about all the positive things on why young people are getting involved and why it's easier to get involved but there's still a lot of tough things right you you know there's so many roadblocks out there from the financial side uh, to the endorsements, to to the qualifying, 
do you have a piece of advice, Kevin, that, you know, if someone out there is listening, a lot of our viewers are high school and college age kids, do you have a piece of advice to help them uh, get over some of those hurdles? Yeah, you know, I mean, the big thing is the financial sponsorship side, as you know, and, and both yourself and I have been real fortunate um, to have success and to have a great sponsor base. And it's hard to do because you have to prove yourself to get that, yet you got to have the, the backing to be able to get to that point. And um, the biggest thing that really helped me out is some of the some of the classes that I took, some of the things that I learned in school that uh, kind of paved the way for me to be a good spokesperson. You know, public speaking is absolutely critical. Uh, definitely, early on in my career, one of the things that helped me a ton was Bassmaster University and feeling comfortable in a crowd. The coolest thing about Bassmaster University is you're in a group of people that have paid to be there. They want to learn. Yeah. They're ready to soak it up. Yeah. So it really helped me to learn to be really comfortable in front of large groups of people in different areas of the country by giving those seminars. And, uh, you know, I have some unbelievable travel stories from those. I mean, cause you know, we used to hit, you know, all these different cities and, and, you know, on different days and it'd be during the week and, and all that. I remember, I remember one trip, I was, uh, uh, 17 different cities in like 21 days. Wow. And, you know, and that was Bassmaster universities and some sports shows and things like that. But, um, so getting a good, educational background and I would tell you you know I mean there's a lot of kids that say hey you know maybe I should go into um, you know natural resources or you know uh, fish biology things like that but I would tell you that definitely business and and marketing are the key elements that that have really helped um, myself especially is knowing that and I, I didn't learn all that in school. I learned a lot of it working at my brother's tackle store. I learned a lot about the industry. I got a lot of good contacts with different reps and things like that. And and that's where um, a lot of young anglers, I think, are missing it now. They're so focused on, on just the fishing aspect. Yeah. And and they're not you know willing to go out there and work the sports shows and and you know go to Bass Pro Shops for the Spring Classic and and, and volunteer your time and, and to be around it and to meet the reps and. And, and show that you know that you're you have the passion because in this day and age you have to I mean you have to absolutely love it you got to sweat it you got to live it you got to breathe it every day to be competitive it's that tough out there now so if you're not that committed um, it's it's going to be hard to be successful as a professional bass angler yeah. and and that's what really helped me out absolutely and I don't know if you knew this but uh, our very own Dave Brodzik who's on the casting couch he aspired to be a pro when he was when he was a young man uh, but he took the wrong classes he took sawdust management and janitorial <laughs> services and I told you that was the wrong thing to get into Dave metal, don't forget metal shop and metal shop <laughs> and metal shop you should have yeah. did the other thing that's good so when I ask him a question later now I got no cred that's no I'm just time. kidding around with you uh, so let me flip it here though and ask you if you hadn't become a pro what 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 do you think you would have been doing what what was your career path if the pro fishing thing didn't work out well you know when i started um full-time that that first year um i was working at my brother's uh shop then we just got into the boat uh business you know selling tracker tracker boats and you know back then the boat business was was just really on a huge upswing 
and the Bass Pro brand especially was just they were just killing it. I mean, so right off the get go, I was I was selling boats, I was rigging boats, I was the sales manager there, and that's what I was doing. And and I was lucky because my brother would allow me to leave and fish the tournament for the week and and come back and still have a job. So yeah. it, you know, it's again another thing, a lot of things that really helped me out as a pro fisherman, just learning the marine industry and learning the boat business and learning um, how to fix things and, you know, about bilge pumps and electronics and how to rig, you know, boats and, and all that. So if, if I wasn't, you know, a pro fisherman now, I would probably um, still be there at his store. I mean, uh, his business is, uh, is doing really well. You know, he's a big marine dealership. He's a ranger dealer. He's a, a Bass Pro, you know, full line nitro tracker, you know, dealer there too along with all the fishing and the hunting and the, uh, the archery stuff he's 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 pr- one of these you know larger independent retailers in the country these days you know with nowadays with bass pro shops and cabela's and tackle warehouse and academy and dicks and all these places it's it's tough for the little guy to, yeah. to make it anymore but he's been really successful at it and it's because he has a passion and he's got a lot of people um that that work there that are really knowledgeable and that's that's one thing you just can't, you know, fake is is knowledge and service. Yeah. Now, now, Dave, picture this: in an alternate universe, if Kevin didn't turn pro and he was still working at, at Randy's shop, and a little old Jewish lady came in and said this: "Yes, Kevin Van Dam, could I have two dozen night crawlers, son?" He'd probably block her, just like Bass Pro did. Explain that to Kevin. That is a, that is a true statement. It is a true statement. I, I'll throw this out here real quick. We're uh, we're caught. Uh, one of the things over the last two years, especially in the after hours portion of our show, is we love to crank call Bass Pro Shops. Mike loves to. Crank I love call to Bass. crank call. Mike. I mean, we get little, Mike. we get a little tipsy, and we you know we're we're too many beers in, and we call them. Well, they caught on to us. And they've officially blocked our number, so we can't do that. So we're going to start. We're going to start picking on Cabela's, I think, in, in a little bit. Uh, uh, Becky, let's catch up on some IMs. Uh, what, do, what do we got for Kevin? What do we got coming through the board? I've got a lot of interesting ones. I have some good ones and some weird ones. Okay, we All like right. weird. So, <laughs> so who would you say in your time as a pro is the biggest partier? Mm. I like that. Biggest partier. Well, I can tell you, way back in the day, it was it was definitely Roland Martin. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it totally gone 180 the other way. But there's, you know, the the, the neat thing is, um, is a lot of the guys like to enjoy themselves. I mean, we're super serious about it. I like to have a good time. But um, you know, you you got to take your job really really seriously. And one of the things that we used to do in the early classics. Um, that I went to is we'd always have that night off and, and all the wives would get dressed up and we'd all, we'd all go out and have a, a really good time. And that's, that's something that's hard to do now. You know, I mean, this year everybody's in Tulsa and the lake's 95 miles away. And, you know, some people stay at the lake and that. So it's just, we do it. We still get together uh, sometimes, you know, like that, but it's just not like it used to be, you know, when we were all in one hotel, one spot and there was, there was more time in between some of the things. So, um, you know, it's a good group. The great thing about the guys in our sport um, that we kind of talked about earlier is, is compared to you know the lions and the and the bears are not having dinner right now together. And in our sport, a lot of our toughest competitors are 
you know, really, really good friends off the water. I mean, we stay together with group, with groups of these guys. We cook together. Our families are together. We watch our kids grow up, and it's it's just a different uh, lifestyle. One one that I've been really proud to to be a part of for sure. It's, it's like a community. <laughs> it is like <laughs> family. <laughs> Beck, what else you got? All right, I've got this. Yeah, this is the community. <laughs> <laughs> this is a um, two parter. So. Um, Kevin, out of all of your achievements, which one stand, stands out most and why? Actually, I'll let you go with that. Out of all of my achievements, fishing-wise? Yes. Be, well, um, there's so many. <laughs> well, it's not bad. It's, it's, it's hard, to, uh, it's hard to, to – I can tell you this, that winning the, the first Classic um, for me was, was really, really special. Um, you know, to have Sherry and, and the boys there, I got a picture on the wall of, of Jackson and just the excitement on his face. And he was little at the time, but, um, the last one for me, I had a lot of family there and, and just, you know, to be able to go to such a high profile event where there's so much pressure on you, as much as your family and the support that they give you, how important that is to, to be able to have them all there. I mean, Sherry knows she's, uh, you know, she's, you know, she's the main reason why I've been successful over the years. It's why I'm organized. It's why I, you know, get a lot of things done. And, you know, she works behind the behind the scenes and keeps everything at home going. I mean, Becky's the same way. I mean, uh, when, when you uh, when you got hooked up with Becky, I'm like, oh, boy, that's that's good for good for Mike. <laughs> you're not you the first one. That's, you're you're like not that. the first one that said that. So. Oh, well, the, the tough thing is, is, you know. To run a business like uh, Mike Iaconelli or Kevin Van Dam, because your life and your name is a business, it's more than a full-time job for the angler. I mean, it's more than it's more than a full-time job for the two of you. You got to have a lot of help behind the scenes, and uh, it's the same. It's the same for us. So yeah. to be able to, you know, to be able to win that is it's kind of like um, for that. You know, to me, it was just to see the excitement. And and to see what it meant to them, you know, that really made it really complete for me. Ke- Kevin, you're talking about the uh, the event at the, um, in New Orleans, right? Yes, I was yep. I was at that event with um, uh, I was hanging out with Fred Rambanis and Eddie Ed Bassmaster the day you won, and um, at at Fred's behest, we fired up that bar tab you had open. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know that's the one thing that <laughs> how big was that bar tab? I've had over the years is to make sure that you know when when one of us wins Angler of the Year or the Classic or, or something like that, the uh, the bar tab definitely gets gets run up. And it's he's really good at running up the bar tab. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember the Classic that I won in New Orleans. I remember three really strange things. I remember uh, Ish Monroe dancing with some chicks in a cage. No, one boy. of the bars. I remember. Wait, wait, wait. That's that. weird. That's, that's not weird. normal. That's yeah. They fit him in a cage. No, no. He, he was in the cage. Oh he my. fit in the cage. Was a paddy wagon? No, no. It was a cage. It was a cage on top of the bar. <laughs> the second thing I remember is I remember at another different club, another bar. I remember Skeet Reese dancing with a shirt off. Chicks were stuff shoving dollar bills down his pants. <laughs> Is and that then, right? That's true. That, that's when Skeet can really dance. Right. <laughs> and then the third thing I remember is waking up the next day. Like four o'clock in the afternoon, Ooh. the classic trophy was on the uh, bureau of the hotel room, 
and there was a pair of dirty underwear hanging on on the <laughs> classic trophy. There's only three things. I we remember. had not met yet. Let's clarify. Okay. Yeah, we haven't met yet. That's right. That's <laughs> yeah, right. The fun years. New Orleans is, a, you know, is a special town to win a classic. Yeah, sure. Definitely yeah. glad to have won uh, one, two of them there. I, I remember yours too. We went out that night too. I matter, matter of fact, I think I might have seen Ish in the cage. Oh yeah. Awesome. That was definitely down Bourbon Street. Yeah, and, and uh, think the mechanical were, bull, the mechanical bull, and three or four people got whiplash from Byron Volvic's hair because it was so long. Yeah, somebody was on the mechanical yeah, bull. I don't remember that. Dave, what do you got? <laughs> I see you itching over there. No, I'm not itching, but hey, Kevin, this is Dave here. Uh, first, let me compliment that white chair. That's pretty pimp, dude. All right, it's confident my, it's man to sit on that. Uh, I mean, I'm sitting in my wife's office right now. So. <laughs> and I'm sure that I'm sure that office smells of rich mahogany because I'm looking at that cabinet. <laughs> To Ron Burgundy uh, reference, all right? <laughs> With many leather-bound books. Now, this is a place I try to spend as little time as possible. This is her chair and her spot. So well, I'm, just, I'm just smiling it for, for one crazy night. Well, you still look pimp. Right, hey, listen. So other than Ike and driving, right? Other than Ike and driving... What do you dislike most about competitive bass fishing? <laughs> oh. and you know what? One more. You can't use time away from home either. So those no, three it's, things. It's not. It's not that. You know, I actually don't hate the driving as much as you would think, and I definitely don't hate Ike. Um, <laughs> I like. I like that time in the car. It, it really helps me get a lot done and uh, and have a lot of thoughts in my head. I just don't like it from Michigan to California. You know, I mean, those 8 to 12-hour days, that's one thing. Those Man, those 30-hour-plus drives or, or 27 to Okeechobee, that, those are tough like that. But um, the other thing that I, that I really don't like about being on the road is – eating out all the time yeah and that's the other thing that i do like about it is you do get to experience some really great places and and really great cuisine you know like new orleans is a place that i love to go just because of the food that they have down there right. but there's a lot of places you go where it's just man they're just it's that's the tough thing about it is the that you know we've all got some great um old crappy motel stories and things like that i remember one of the first places that i ever took um, Sherry too was Bass World down on the St. John's River, and she woke up in the morning and there was a lizard on the back of the toilet. And <laughs> I can't believe that that she still wanted to to go with me up to the tournaments, but you know, I mean that's that's just one you know one little instance. I we've we've seen a lot of crazy stuff out there on the road. I got you. Hey Kevin, I mean we've got so many questions that we could ask you. I know uh, one of the questions I, I want to get a little controversial with you. Um, cause I, you know, running the Bass University, I deal with all the speakers and, you know, when you're the top dog, I don't care who it is. There's jealousy. There's, you know, people taking shots and making accusations. I've, I deal with it for some reason. Everybody decides that they want to tell me all their bad stories about Ike. Yeah. I'm, I'm the sounding, <laughs> I'm definitely the sounding board for Ike. There's yeah. no question. But, uh, you know. The, the information thing, everybody, like they said it about Roland, they say Kevin gets more and better uh, information uh, than everybody else. How, you know, we can't compete with that. How do you respond to that? Let me clear that up real quick because I just I just rarely, almost never um, get any help from, from people or information from anybody. Um, you know, there's, there's times like if we're going to go to Table Rock in April, 
that I might call my buddy Stacy King or something like that because he lives there, somebody that I really trust and I've known him for a long, long time. But I just don't do that, you know. I mean, um, and it's in the last couple of years, there's times when um, it's really hurt me because I just miss the mark badly uh, uh, at some of these events, especially some of these new places, you know. And it really killed my soul to see a story that Rick Clun did on Bassmaster that's saying he's like, I can't fight it anymore. Uh, you know, this information is running rampant. And it, it, there's a lot of people that are that are doing it and that are getting a lot of information. What? Skype freeze. We have a Skype freeze. Uh, <laughs> we have a Skype freeze. We have let, a Walt Disney. Let me just jump in and, and kind of I'll pick up where, where Kevin was talking about. Uh, he mentioned something interesting, which was Rick Klun, who, by the way, is still uh, – he, he's one of my heroes in the sport, did an article on Bassmaster.com and, and you know basically was kind of saying a guy that doesn't get information – that doesn't take waypoints, can't compete anymore in the sport of bass fishing. That article caught me off guard a little bit, too, because I think there's some merit to what he said, for sure. But, you know, gosh, there's plenty of dudes who aren't getting information that are doing really good in this sport, can too. I get, can I give you guys an analogy? Yeah. Bass, bass fishing's always trying to compare themselves to the other mainstream sports, right? Yeah. Well, every other mainstream sport has football has defensive back coaches yeah you know mma fighters have a whole arsenal of guys that train yeah it's kind of comparable yeah right sure you got guys that are gonna help you out yeah i i don't i you know information to me is it's just how you use it you know you got to get good at using the information a lot of information leads you down the wrong path i think a lot of what people are really talking about is is the bad illegal information or the gray area oh, stuff yeah. that's frustrating a lot of people where people are going on fictitious websites and local hot shots are putting up waypoints and guys are getting accused of bringing those yeah. waypoints down you know how how guys like in some of those tournaments i remember some of the guys were talking about that one tournament that got moved to oklahoma to yeah. a different body of water yeah and yet in the house some guys just dropped their trolling yeah. motor right on the mother load Without yeah. ever, no, never even fished there before, and they've got a limit in five casts. Yeah, yeah. there was one of those a you couple know? years ago. I'm not going to mention which one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, here, here's my take on it. I'm not saying that it hasn't been done and is not being done to some extent, um, legally or illegally, but in a whole, as a whole, I don't think the top performers in our sport are, are doing that. And I really don't think Kevin is getting. In information, legal or illegal. I mean, dude, when 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 you can fish, mm-hmm. I don't think you you need to do that. You know, yeah. Like he he brought up a good point. You know, he's got a buddy lives with Table Rock, Stacy King. Hey, what's you know what what's what's going on? You know, within the time frame. You know, what's how's the lake? Is it up? Is it down? That's one thing. Now, what you're talking about is something totally different. Mm-hmm. Here's 50 waypoints. And here's, you know, the waypoint with uh, a description of, you know, what's there. I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I don't see him doing that. I, I, had, see I, these I had to infer what you just said here. So you're saying there was like a surreptitious website that waypoints would pop up on and people would get information from it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they had, what was it, the MySpace rule mm-hmm. or, you know, people were swapping emails. Because if it's public information, 
right? It's legal, uh, right? So that you can put information up and take it down, but at, at one point it was public. That's gangster. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> I sneaky. Like, I like that. But I, I, I tell you, I fished with Kevin. I was privileged enough to draw him at, in the Invitationals on Lake Eufaula. And, um, yeah, Eufaula, Alabama. Eufaula, Alabama. It was yeah. the last tournament of the season. And uh, <laughs> it's funny he brought up Fritz because... At the time, he was working with Fritz and developing, probably in the initial, his development of being that offshore, you know, structure ledge fisherman. Yeah. And uh, we drew out day one. And I'm right on the edge of making the top 100s. And, uh, and you know, I was kind of, I didn't know whether to feel good about it because, you know, I had to work with Kevin. But, um, you know, it went, he was a great guy. He treated me great and helped me wonderfully. But what happened was the, the information... And what he was planning to do, based on working with Fritz in that particular tournament, bailed. What do you mean? Well, it didn't work out for us. Ah. Right? It collapsed. And that's often what happens when you get information. Yeah. Daily patterns change. Current generation schedules change. uh, Fishing pressure changes it. Now you the information's no good anymore. Right. It's, it's what you do from here. Right. And I'll I'll never forget it. You know, because we adjusted and adjusted and adjusted, and he finally figured it out later in the day. And uh, we we both did. We used some of my spots, but mainly what he had developed at practice. Yeah. And he wound up finishing second in the tournament. Wow. Uh, I I made I made the top 100 that year. Yeah. So I did I did fairly good, but uh. But it was amazing, you know, that that's the key, right? You've That's what separates, you know, the great ones is no matter what happens, information's no good anymore. Yeah. Fishing pressure, you know, competition, yeah. you know, weather change. You adjust, you make a move, you make a decision, and, and that's what really separates. It's between the years when you get to that level. You know, keeping that positive attitude. I hear him talking about attitude all the time yeah. in all of his writing, but... You know, it's 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 being able to make those really really good decisions. But here's something else interesting. While we're waiting, hopefully to get Kevin back on about that day, that was so fascinating to me, is um, he had this spot, this this ledge that was like one of those sweet spots. Man, it was magic. It was the deal, the juice, yeah. right? He he had the juice, and we were gonna go there, and we were, and he's like Pete. You're going to have a giant bag. I'm going to have a giant bag. Just come with me. Let's start there because we had to negotiate, yeah. right? And I wanted to go where I wanted yeah. to go, you know? Yeah, because they were draw tournaments, right? They were draw tournaments. Yeah. So, you know, imagine my arrogance, you know, fighting with Kevin about where to go fishing, you know? <laughs> yeah. And um, so I go and we wheel up on this spot. No GPS at the time, right? Yeah. This is 97. Yeah. 1997. And, um,. Or 96, I think it was. So we start fishing, and we're, we're a mile offshore, right? He's triangulating off the bank, and it's the first time I've really seen real-time triangulation. No GPS. No GPS, man. We're a mile, at least a mile You're off the bank. You're kidding me. No, and it's no not, waypoints. No waypoints. It's not a primary shelf either. Wow. It's like a secondary shelf. So you, it's not like you can just come up off the river channel and find this spot, yeah. right? It's like up on the break, and it's it goes from like 15 feet up to 10 is the yeah. ledge, right? That's the lip. And it makes an L like a corner of a table, right? So Kevin, you know, he's fired up. I'm fired up. He drops his trolling motor. We're going 100 miles an hour, and we're cranking fat-free shads at the time, which was the popular ledge bait yeah. that was just coming out. And old Pose were the big deep diving big pose. baits at pose that time. Pose 400. Pose 400. Yeah. And um, 
and I'm ready. I'm rigged. I'm reading Bassmaster. I know what to be rigged yeah. with. You know, I've never fished a ledge a day in my life. Yeah. You know, till I went to Lake Eufaula, and we're we're cranking along. So he drops a buoy, right? Like you and I are always talking about the importance of still using buoys yeah. today. But he drops a buoy on the tip of the L, and at 100 miles, imagine moving that fast with a deep dive and crankbait. It's like it's impossible to do, but we're firing him out, and he's and I'm trying hard, frantically, just trying to keep up with yeah. Kevin, you know. And I'm matching his cast because I don't know what I'm fishing. I'm kind of talking to him, trying to feel that. We hit the crotch of the L, and he turns and goes around to the other side. Well, we're like first in the tournament, and it's a two, three hundred man field or yeah. whatever. So boats are coming, and then all of a sudden this old rickety local boat comes in, you know, and it's uh, he's entered into the tournament. But he's, you know, it's ten year old boat. You yeah. can tell it's a local stick. Yeah. And he's coming right next to us, and he goes past Kevin, and we're far away. Kevin sees him coming. And he turns that trolling motor and starts moving as fast as he can back to, to the buoy. To back to getting closer to the buoy, getting to the crotch of the L. Yeah. That's where Kevin's. But the other guy's on pad, and he just easily beats us there because we're a hundred. The guy didn't pull in on us. We're hundreds of yards away. Yeah. I think it was Ray Sedgwick was with him. Right? Yeah. And the two of them put the troll motor down and they make repetitive casts. Kevin gets right up on them and sees that they're on the juice. They they have conversation, not not words, but you know, kind of like community talk. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, but it, it was fair and just what yeah. Kevin did and what the guy did. But the guy just kept throwing and throwing, and me and Kevin worked around the other side, and then the the guy triggered a four pounder. Right. Every single cast, as long as we were there. Him or his partner Ray caught a four to four five pound bass. You're kidding Every me. Every single cast, and me and Kevin were just looking at him like we could not. The, all the fish were wadded up, and me and Kevin fished so fast that we fished right through them. Whoa! And we didn't trigger the bite. Now we would have wow. got him. Yeah. We would have got him on the second pass. I guarantee you, we yeah. would have got him. But that guy beat us there before we could get and there. And he wouldn't see the spot. He just... How could you? Right. It was well, a one-cast spot, yeah. man. It was a juice. Like, right... The lineups had to be so right. So, was the guy lined up on his buoy? On Kevin's buoy? Yeah. No, Kevin... Like I said, Kevin dropped his buoy, like, at the tip of the L, and he moved towards the... Because he didn't, in my opinion... I didn't really know, but I'm trying to assess the situation. Yeah. He didn't really know where that school was going to be. Right. Maybe at practice he found them throughout the length of the ledge right. breaks, yeah. and that's why he had to cover the water. Yeah. You know, maybe there was a couple key spots, but that at that moment in the morning, that was the key spot. Wow. And we fished right through them. We sat there as long as we could take it because <laughs> we went back and forth oh, all I've, around I've them. Done all that of, so many times. All around them, man. You have to watch it. And we have zero. I mean, we have oh. nothing. They've got 20 to 25 pounds each culling, and we have zero. Oh, man. Wow. Cannot get a bite on any other piece of that Dude. component. Take it. Oh, wow. That was a tough. And, you know, it was hard for me, too, because that was like, uh, in my mind, you know, Kevin, you know, we were talking about it. And he's like, you're going to be able to get a limit here, Pete. Yeah. And I'm thinking, that's great. I'll get a limit. I'll go fish my stuff the next day, make the top 100. Because that was your goal in that event, was to make the top 100. It was last tournament season, make the top 100. What did you need to do in that event to do that? I needed to be right around the money, just in or just out. I, I was in good shape. Yeah. I was inside the cut. Yeah. And I, that's just why I finished just out of the money. I finished just inside the cut for the top 100. Wow. So that's the way it wound up. Gotcha. But caught just enough with Kevin. And... um. 
you know, is it? I'll tell another Kevin story that day if you want. Yeah. The um, one of the coolest things that uh, that happened that day, like we talk, he talks about attitude, and, and that's the watching Kevin and, and knowing him, you know, uh, you know, on the outside a little bit. His mental attitudes, mental toughness is like is pretty pretty intense. Well, we were fishing that day, and uh, dealing with losing the primary pattern was the most mentally challenging thing, right? That's the deal. Yeah. So now he's got to recover from that, right. right? So we do. We're running. We're running now. We're running my spots, his spots. We're picking them here, picking them there, and um, he's he gets on this one outside turn on the main river channel, and I'll never forget it because being from New Jersey. I think the biggest bass I had ever caught at that time was seven pounds, and right. that was just one. Right. You know, I, I mean, we just, you know, don't get them that big yeah. at home. Four or five pounds is a big fish. And uh, Kevin's, you know, we're cranking, and we're trying to hit the current running now on the power generation, and we're trying to get our baits down and tick this brush pile that's wedged up in this channel term. Yeah. And Kevin hits it, and he jacks one. He jacks another one. And then he... Look, I, I actually caught one, you know, and I'm like, because I don't even know what I'm throwing at. And I, I got a couple, three fish in a boat, maybe a five-pounder, and he wheels up on one. And we're using 10-pound test, you know, monofilament at the time, yeah. you know, with noodle fiberglass oh, yeah. rods. Yeah. I don't know how he kept anything hooked, yeah. you know, to a certain extent. And, and uh, he goes, Pete, I need your help. And I'm like, oh, I like got <laughs> – I panicked, man. I'm like <laughs> – you you got a face full of treble hooks on a monster bass, and you want me to hand land yeah, the fish? Yeah. You know, because that's what we used to do. I mean, there was no net yeah. roll, right? So you would ask the courtesy yeah. of your partner that you'd bring them up, and, and you'd ask your and partner to get them. That was before bellying, too. Dude, we didn't know about no bellying. No bellied back So then. you're going in there with the treble hooks and a crazy <laughs> Alabama bass that's freaking... So so he, he's wrestling with this fish, yeah. and you can see about five feet deep. He brings this fish up to the boat. And I don't see him, but the fish goes, just rips line off and, and goes down. Oh once We're sitting in 30 feet of water. We're out in the channel, casting up on the break. Yeah. And the fish runs to the bottom. Up comes a boil as big as the front of your truck. Oh, I my mean, God. I mean, I'm, I'm getting more nervous now. Yeah. So then, you know, he wrestles and he goes, Pete, I think I got him. And he brings, he proceeds to bring this fish up again. This time the fish kind of does a... You know how they, they swim around you, like give you a little silhouette of yeah. them? And I can't really see the fish because he's four feet down or so. Uh, he's as long as my arm. He's a, he's the biggest bass that I've ever seen except on TV. Yeah. You know, I am I ballparked him at 10 pounds. Yeah, you know? 10 pounds. Could have been 9 pounder, could have been a 15 pounder. I, right. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm ballparking this fish at, at 10 uh, just by length alone, yeah. you know. And he comes around and, boom, goes back down. And then he's wrestling him. And he's like, all right, Pete, this is the third time he's going to bring him to the boat now. He says, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I got him beat this time. And he's bearing up on him, bearing up on him. And I'm down there ready to do my job, <laughs> nervous as hell. And pew, fat free shad goes zipping right past my head. Oh. oh this is gone. Oh. This is gone. What did he do? Did he have like a Michigan meltdown? Well, you know, that's a great question. And that's, you know, it's all about attitude and mental toughness. And, and that's the most amazing thing because – he like checked his line, checked his hooks, made another cast. Wow. He wow. didn't he didn't melt down. Sniper. He didn't he didn't even come close to melting down. He didn't go up. It, 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 wow. it wasn't until an hour later that he said, Man, I could have used that fish. 
<laughs> oh, wow. I would have handled that differently. <laughs> yeah. Mike, Kevin's on Well, uh, joining us again via phone this time, we're going to keep downgrading. Uh, Kevin, are you there? <laughs> yeah, man, I'm I'm sorry. I don't know what's uh, going on. Sherry's trying to get that get it back up. Oh, that that's all right. We we were uh, in the in the in the meantime, we were hearing a Pete story about a giant, giant bass that you lost at Lake Eufaula and an invitational where you drew out with Pete. And, uh, man, it's, uh, that's amazing. Actually, I want you to elaborate on that. You, you lose a giant, and, yeah. and you just you turn around and I, just keep casting. Talk, talk well, about that. that. The thing that kills me is I've, I've listened to his all his whole stories talking about that first day of that tournament. And... Um, He's spot on. I mean, uh, guy, I can't remember the guy's name that pulled up beside his name. It was, his first name was Max. I remember that. But uh, those guys, he knew, I mean, he knew that, that spot real well. And when I found him there, it's the biggest school of bass I've ever found in my whole life. There was wow. 200, 300 yards of that ledge where you couldn't make a cast without catching a, a four to seven-pounder, you know, or ten-pounder, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it was. they came up schooling. After I caught a couple of them in practice, it was slick calm, and there was thousands of them. I've never seen anything like it to this day. So when I pulled up there, I was just, I was jonesing for the opportunity to get there, and that's why I kind of, I knew they had to be somewhere there, and I just, I missed it. You know, I mean, we just, we fished, I mean, he is spot on with his, with his story. We just missed it, and those guys pulled up right on the juice, and it took them a while to get one going, and then they just, I mean, they caught, they they didn't catch them like, like 10,000 of them there or nothing like that, but they both caught a, a good limit real quick, and it, it hurt. And uh, <laughs> that, that was one of those days where, where you, you just had to grind it out. And um, it, it was one of those tournaments where I really, um, the light went on for that offshore ledge fishing because I just, I didn't really understand the difference in the power generation um, going in. You know, I mean, I know when I'd catch them in practice, but just knowing that the way they do it down there, they'll start it a little bit in the morning and then a little bit more later on in the afternoons, you know, when it really gets cranking is when those fish would get fired up. And um, uh, he mentioned David Fritz before. You know, David needed to do real well in that tournament. And he said, listen, he said, I'll help you here. He said, I'm going to tell you a few things that you need to look for. And and he said, you, you know, you need to find things that have the current washing over the top of them, a point, a ledge, a ditch or you know some things like that curves in the in the in the uh, river channel things like that and you know it was just like a light went off when when he told me that and and I actually went out there and that was right when the fat free shad was was new it was really the only good deep diving crankbait out there you could you know get it to hit 17 foot with that 10 pound mono and um, you know we just didn't have near the right equipment or anything like we do now but um, you know it's one of those baits that you'd lose some fish on and and I remember what the one he's talking about. I can't remember somebody that comes up to me at a sports show, but I can remember a bass I lost for for many many years. And, uh, me too. Me that too. That was one of those. That was one of those tournaments, you know. And um, the thing the thing that I've learned, and um, you know, everybody has their own their own way of doing things. But you know, I worry about variables that I can control, and I try to not worry about the ones that I can't. And you know, we all do everything we can with our hooks, with our equipment, our rods, our line, our reels, and, and the way we fight a fish, or you know, and that's a, that's a big part of our sport now is, is that, you know, getting the bite is hard enough, but, you know, making sure you capitalize on that opportunity 
um, is is key. But you know, when something like that happens, you just man, there's nothing you can do to bring it back. You got to either learn from it, um, you know, figure out what you did wrong, you know, be honest with yourself and and say, hey, you know, I I it's my fault or or you know, I should have checked my hooks or I should have checked my line or whatever. I mean, there's no excuse for breaking off. There's no excuse for um, you know, banging one off the side of the boat, trying to trying to dip it in, and yet we've all done it. Yeah. And, uh, right. You know, so I, I try to try to be honest with myself, but but just learned whatever it took to get that one to bite, to try to get another one because you you, you just can't get that one back. You know, um, I'm not I'm not one to you know sit there and you know break a rod or anything like that. I, <laughs> I have thrown one in the lake before. <laughs> I've thrown well, several. Well, Kevin. Yeah. You, yeah. Kevin, you I lo- did one time at Amistad that one that I, a time I wasn't really proud of it at all. I, I uh, finally I hooked one off of a bed that was a great big one. You know how some of those fish in there just freak you out. And I fought that thing around, fought it all the way around like that, and it got off as I was trying to to lip it. And I just chucked my rod, my and it was a spinning rod. And I thought, you know what? You better go get that because that's the only one you've got rigged up right now. And I still had about 30 minutes to fish, so I had to go back and fish that sucker out. Unfortunately, the water was clear there, and I did. But uh-huh. yeah, it's hard to it's it's hard to um, you know sometimes control your emotions and that. But you just it's something that I've just I've learned that you know for me um, it, it's it's not going to help things. So I I just try to try to. But that, you know, fight it off. That, that, that's a great way to it's do tough. it. Uh, I, I actually, uh, in my older age, I'm getting better at doing that. I don't know if just because I'm old and tired, and I don't feel like getting mad as much anymore, but I'm getting better at what you're talking about. But I want to talk about something real quick. I want to expand on what you were just talking about, which is that moment you described. It was so interesting for me to, to, to hear that, Pete, as you were reliving that. But that was the, the infancy, or that was the beginnings of deep fishing a deep diving crankbait right of mm-hmm. of structure fishing ledge fishing it's evolved so much kevin and and obviously you were a big part of that right uh, uh you know a lot of a lot of what i do cranking i learned from watching you do you feel bad though do you ever feel bad do you ever regret that like you showed people too much you know what i mean because like now on a lake like kentucky lake you can't get a fucking bite on a crankbait there anymore. Uh, I, I mean, do, do, does that ever cross your mind? Do you ever think about that? Uh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, I love Kentucky Lake and dread it at the same time when we go there for tournaments, especially that time, that June time frame. It's just, you know, I was so lucky this year to um, to, to have a good tournament. I mean, I just it just... You know, I only had a couple of schools found. You know, in the past, I'd go there and I'd have 20 schools found, and five of them would be mega schools. You know, you just, I would just be chomping at the bit to get to go, and uh, it's just, it's that's the difference now. And and uh, you know, people tournaments of you know the FLW tournaments and the Bassmaster tournaments there. You know, you go there now, and I've got 30 to 50 people following me. So anything you ever find. Um, yeah, you know, is going to be is now a community hole, and the the thing is, is the bottom doesn't change, and the same thing happens up here, you know, in, in the Great Lakes, you know, the rock rock areas and things like that. The bottom don't change, and so when we go to Lake St. Clair and and that, you know, those those spots are, you know, they're community holes, right? But the fish are still going to use them some. It's just they don't get grouped up on it, so it, it it's it's tough, but. Also, one of the things that's really rewarding to me 
um, is when I go to a sports show and things like that, and, and, and a kid will come up to me or a guy will come up to me and say, hey, man, I just I, I bought one of your KVD 1.5s, and, and I fit, fished it for the first time, and I caught this, you know, the biggest bass in my life or I had the best day fishing ever, you know. So, I mean, I love that part of, of the sport. I love, yeah. you know, working with companies to design, um, you know, products and lures and things like that and, and to, you know, hear people have success with it because at the end of the day, you know that's that's what it's all about. You know, I mean, I I'm, I can't laugh like Jimmy Houston, and I'm not entertaining like Hank Parker, and, and so you know I've got to teach somebody something for them to watch me up there. So that's that's what I really I love to do it. I, I like to hear those kind of stories. Yeah, it's it's very rewarding. I can tell you that. Beck, I saw you back there. Do you have uh, do you have some more stuff coming through the IM for Kevin? Yeah, I've got a couple things. Um, the first one, Kevin, where do you see going to uh to move on to another phase you know doing tv or something like that down the road eventually i I love um commentating too i mean last year um not being in the classic was tough but to see the first live coverage and to actually get to commentate some of that that was that was a lot of fun um you know i think i'm pretty decent on tv and i I, you know like to find a niche there but you know the, the fishing or the competition is still just what really motivates me. It just drives me. And, you know, even after a long, tough year, um, you know, this, this year was a, was a rough one with all the, you know, long road trips, the West Coast and things like that. But, man, right now I just I can't wait to get back at it. I'm just um, I'm as excited as ever to do it. And, you know, you just, in my mind, um, you know, I know that, uh, that, that I can still compete, uh, I think, with, you know anybody out there and and that's what that's what you want to do you know i mean it's a tough thing because i've watched a lot of my really close friends go get you know get to that point where you know they're contemplating retirement you know guys that i've been around for a long long time and um you know that day is definitely will come but uh uh, i'm not ready for it for sure yeah yeah it's it's tough because you know it's hard to look ahead and and say how am I going to feel, right, in 5, 10 years, 15 years? It's hard to say because when you're competitive, you can't imagine not competing. But it's hard. It's too hard to look ahead like that. Uh, but but speaking of looking ahead... I, hey, real, real quick, Mike. Yeah, what do you uh, got, Brian? I think we lost audio for a little bit there. Okay. We got a bunch of comments in. It's all back. Okay, Sounds it's all like back. it's all good. Cool. Okay. No so, idea what happened. That's okay. So <laughs> I, I actually, I want to, speaking of the future... Um, Hit you with something. Little, little, little off topic. We had Jerry McKinnis on a few shows ago, and and we threw a couple tough questions at him. And and one of them was interesting the way he responded. And we asked him what needed to happen 
to get the sport of bass fishing to the next level. Uh, and and I'd, I'd love to pose that question to you, too, and, and, and hear your opinion. I mean, what, what do we need to do to make fishing bigger and better? What do we need to do to make the sport bigger and better? Well, it's a really good question, one that I've been trying to uh, to work on and answer for really my whole career. Uh, you know, Jerry's a good friend of mine. We've had this conversation many, many times, too. And, and so, I mean, you have, too. I mean, I've been on the, the advisory board um, really my whole career for bass, you know, to be an angler advocate um, and to be an advocate for the sport of it. I, I mean, I love this sport, and there's nothing I want to see more than – to create more opportunities for more anglers, for young anglers, and to, to make it bigger, to, you know, to get it in front of a bigger audience. And, you know, the fisheries these days are the best they've ever been. Our fishing right now is better than it's ever been nationally in, in my lifetime. And so they can definitely support, um, you know, more, more tournaments, more angling pressure, as long as, you know, as long as we're smart about the way we manage these uh, resources and these lakes and things like that. So, the biggest thing that we have to do is to get the mainstream, non-angling public interested and in, involved in what it is. It's no different than um, soccer or baseball or anything like that. If you get if you get participants excited about it, and in, in other sports like that, it's it, it's definitely age related. I mean, you look. Um, I've got a lot of friends that play professional sports and. You know, an NFL player, very few of them make it in past their early 30s. Yeah. Most of them are done in their 20s. Yeah. Um, and in fishing, it's not that. It doesn't have to be that way. And, you know, I mean, the whole inception and the whole idea um, that we came up with, and, Mike, you've been there, you know, right from the beginning, too, with Major League Fishing, is to try to create something that the non-angling public would and enjoy watching to create a television product to get more people excited about fishing yeah and i think we've done a really good job with that there but we have to even do more i mean you know until you can get a million viewers um to watch a program or a show or an event you know you're just not going to get that um you know big network to to spend some money to invest in in what you've got yeah take it to another level and we've seen it you know with with poker um you know you've seen it you know pretty exciting you know time with bowling used to be you know something i mean it, it had a, a surge and uh bull riding things like that a lot of these you know smaller more uh you know not stick and ball type sports do that and i, I don't know what the exact answer is but the one thing that really gives me hope is just this huge influx that we're having in high school and collegiate fishing. We're getting a, a big, I mean, it, in my lifetime, I, I'm seeing more young people get involved in, in bass fishing and competitive bass fishing than ever before because of that. And, uh, you know, I think that's the start of it. I, and I think um, social media and the Internet has helped that a lot, too. And so who knows where, you know, it's going to go or, or how far it can, can get. But uh, I, I know for sure that it can be, definitely better than what it is right now or I, I sure hope hope that it gets that way and i'd like to be a part of it you know i'd like to yeah. to help you know with it and uh, you know like i said someday maybe i'll get to um to commentate 
you know, a, a big time event that, that has five billion viewers. You know, that would be that would be awesome. You know, to to see that because it sure has changed in my 25 years. But uh, you know, my vision is, is definitely a lot bigger than uh, than what it is right now. Hey, yeah. you do. You're a great commentator, Kevin. I really appreciate your insight on last year's classic. That was that was that was awesome. And uh, I think you'd be great at that, of course. But the I have a few questions for you, for both Mike and Kevin, uh, for the two of you guys. Um, both you guys are some of the most accomplished. Got classic wins, anger of the year. Who's making the most money? <laughs> Who's making the most money, huh? Skeet. <laughs> Skeet is. Well, let me tell you something. It's Skeet or Ish, because Ish has a Ferrari and Skeet has a Lamborghini. It's not me. Jerry. <laughs> Jerry? Jerry's Jerry. making the most money. Uh, Mike and I got college funds. We do. <laughs> hey, speaking of college, Kevin, it's Dave, by the way. Where would you say your sons were going to school at? Come back again, Dave. Hey, Kevin, it's, it's Dave. Uh, where did you, you said your sons were going to be starting college. Where are they going to go to school at? I can't hear what you guys are saying. He's just—I he, don't know if you can hear me better, Kevin. He just—he was curious where your kids yeah, are going to school. Yep. Where you, where where I are your boys you. going to go to school? Where did I go to school? No. Well, where are your boys going to go to I college? Went. Is the question. Oh, they're right now. They're looking. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to be going to Grand Valley State next year in Michigan. They got a bass fishing team up there. Yes, they do. They actually a pretty good one. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of kids involved there, and um, you know it, it is growing so fast up here in Michigan. Um, at, at really all the schools, it, it's just amazing what it's done in the last three years. So um, they got a boat this year. They got their their own boat for the earlier. So they like, man, Dad, I want to fish those tournaments next year. Oh, I'm sure they have their own boat. You're Kevin Van Dam. I mean, <laughs> what do you think? They're out there in a, in a, in a rowboat? <laughs> a rowboat. Hey, hey, Kevin, it's Dave. Listen, I have another question for you. Um, and, and Mike, you also. So I, I'm an I, I'm your average bass fishing fan. You know, I follow it all. And I guess my question to both of you are: What quality or trait of each other do you admire most? Mike, I'll start with you. Well, I I I would say. Um, what Kevin, what we were talking about earlier, the story of being able to keep an even keel, being able to uh, to fight through adversity, stay focused, and the ability to fish the moment. You know, that's a that's a term that I love to talk about, and unfortunately, I don't always do it, which I wish I could. I wish I could always just fish free and let go of my history. I I think Kevin does that very well. Well said, Kevin. Well, Mike, I would I would say um, <laughs> the same thing to you about that. I definitely, um, it, you know, the more that you do it, the harder it is to, to forget about that past history. But I think what I appreciate more than anything is the passion that you have. Um, Thank you. You know, I mean, you good, bad, and different. You love it. You live it. You want. I mean, it's it's everything to you. And not only that, and not just about catching fish or, or winning the tournament or whatever, but about the whole sport. I mean, I can. There's so many times that uh, that I'm there, you know, late in the afternoon at a weigh-in, and 
you know, you and I are the last two guys there signing autographs, yeah. you know, with, with kids there around and stuff. And I, I've always seen you take a ton of time, um, you know, with a lot of different kids and, and things like that at the at the weigh-ins and, you know, at shows and, and stuff like that. And I had an experience with um, two of my nephews from a big-name pro, you know, some time ago at a Classic, and it just really, really bothered me. And, uh, and I had a similar experience as a, I played baseball when I was growing up, um, when my dad took me to a big league game where I kind of got shunned by a couple of guys and, yeah. and didn't get an autograph. And it just, I mean, I try my best, um, to take care of everybody and to make sure that everybody, uh, you know, gets some time and, and gets an autograph and, and you, you know, that you can, uh, just kind of relate to them. I just, I just try to be that way because i know how it felt to me and and i've seen you do that same thing time and time again and um and it's something that i definitely really appreciate yeah we, we apologize for ish treating your nephews like that now listen uh <laughs> now that you guys are talking, doing reach around for each other this is a bonus points question is there anything about each other that you dislike and wouldn't want as a part of your arsenal <laughs> yeah I I I wouldn't want the crowds of people that follow yeah. Kevin on the wall. I don't want any of them. I don't want any. I want to be like Cliff Pace. I just want to outright lie through my teeth about what I caught and have zero followers Good on the water. <laughs> it, it is a problem that uh, that can be frustrating at times, but it's also it's a good problem to have. And uh, you know, you know, this year at the classic. You're gonna have uh, you're gonna have a bunch of them there, man, and, and I and I'm sure I'm gonna have them too, and just hopefully not that many of them are dogs this time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No dogs, please, this year. All right, <laughs> all right, guys, who's the best angler in the world right now? Wow, that's a good question. Who's the best that, angler that's in the world? For, that's for you and Kevin to answer. Any way you want. Oh, why? Well, I, I, man, I, I would say honestly, that's a, that's a tough one because I think there's more criteria than just you know, the, the year's performance on the elites. But I, if you, if you base the elites, you'd have to say Aaron. You know, I mean, I think you'd have to say the angler, the current angler of the year, would be the best angler in the world for that current year. That'd be my choice. Yeah, well, he's done it, you know, two years, and uh, he just. He's on one of those incredible streaks, and you know, I mean, Pete, you've been around a long time too, and, and Mike, you've seen it. Um, you know, where a guy just gets on a roll where yeah. the lakes line up, line up, and the time of the year lines up, and they just uh, uh, just just get in that that zone where they just can't be stopped. And Aaron is Aaron's an incredible angler, um, just a, a unbelievable natural talent. You know, he just really has great instincts. And, and it's just been, you know, and it isn't anything that he hasn't always had, but it's just all coming together for him right now. So he he's fishing at a level that, uh, that that's fun to watch for sure, yeah. and not fun if you're a competitor of his. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was an amazing year. Hey Kevin, um, so other all right, so absent or other than the obligatory my wife or Becky as the answer. Who has the hottest wife or girlfriend on tour? Now one more thing. <laughs> Ish's Ish's harem of dancers that probably don't even exist don't count. So, <laughs> what? Uh, who, who do you got, Kev? <laughs> Mike, I didn't. I couldn't hear what he was saying. Oh, oh, <laughs> you know what? You're better off. You're better off. I'll just That's go ahead. And, I'll just go ahead and answer that question for Kevin. Marsha Fan. 
<laughs> Lake Okeechobee. <laughs> you got to explain that. Super, super inside joke. Oh, all right. Super inside joke. The, uh, yeah, the, the question was, who's the hottest wife on tour? And I say Marsha Fan. All right, next question. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good answer. Yeah, I'm done. All right. Back to back to business on the elites. You guys are getting ready for a new season. Any uh, any rule changes that you guys would like to see take place this year? Ooh. Any rule changes that we'd like to see take place in the elites? That's right. Mike, have you made any this season? No, I don't think I have. I don't think I created. It. I actually I I could tell you one, and it's based off of what happened last season, which is the 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 hooked outside the mouth issue. I wish they would address that more clearly. That was a, that was a huge issue for us in a lot of events. Uh, I, I I wish they would do something about it. I don't know how I don't know how you address it, but that, but it needs to be addressed. That's my well, answer. Mike. I'm pretty sure because I'm on the I'm on the board um, for it, and we've talked about it at great length to do it. And I'm pretty sure um, if you if you look close at the 2016 rule. Um, you'll be might you'll be pleased because um, it, it is going to a lot. Now the, the for sight fishing for spawning bass, it's not changed. But for the part where crankbaits and treble hooks and things like that, um, we're good to go. Even in even in states that uh, um, may have that rule, like Michigan does for no snagging, and that that the rule has been rewritten. Um, you know. The way that it needs to be. So, it, I don't know if you've seen that or not, but uh, no, to me it's, it's awesome. pretty clear. No. That that's that's awesome. So. That's 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 great news. And it's funny because Pete, in the short time that you asked that question, I just had a Twitter feed comment come up from Aaron Martins. Aaron's apparently Aaron and Leslie are watching the show, and Aaron's rule that he wants changed in the elites this year is he wants to be able to fish naked. <laughs> Fully naked, no clothing. <laughs> I don't. Well, he's been going barefoot for a while. So <laughs> you might get some new viewers. We <laughs> might get some new viewers. I don't know. I, I, I'd like Maybe to take... that's the way to grow the sport. <laughs> it might new be. viewers, new sponsors. Yeah, I yeah. There might be a growing period where you I, lose some. <laughs> yeah, there might be, but when uh, when everybody realizes that Aaron is larger than Dirk Diggler, he'll have a lot more fans. Uh, well, Pete, let's continue with. I, this. I I I would like to read something to the Ike Live community, okay. and I would like Gosh. both you and Kevin to respond. Okay. Um, a feeling of fellowship with others, as a result of sharing common attitudes interests and goals this is the definition of community <laughs> wow wow i thought i was hearing a children's book as you were reading it are we going to be able to get along this year guys of course absolutely well i gotta do uh, yeah up until march I actually, up, until, I, uh, up until the classic yeah. i i hope not because the viewership on this show is amazing because they thought y'all were going to brawl so and, get into something this year you two following along with that as soon as you guys kind of you know, glazed over all that and, and dispelled that rumor. 
they were so pissed on the instant message. Oh, they were, they were so, so mad. We played this thing entirely wrong. Wow. <laughs> should have kept attention till the end. Wow, we should have kept attention then. Uh, I've got a, I've got a kind of a question here, rounding out some of these good ones. Uh, speaking of the classic coming up, a- any predictions, Kevin? What, 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 what's your mind thinking leading up to going back to Grand? Um, you know, I'm, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm, I've been really excited about it. it it's a lake um, that I really like a lot. It's because it's a, you know, it's a really a pattern type lake, more than it's a spot lake. Um, you know, it reminds me a little bit of Table Rock in that sense. Yeah. Just because there's so much diversity in the bottom, um, you know, depth contours and the bottom composition around that lake. It's, it's similar but uh you know not quite the same but you know the flooding that they've had there and boy i mean i'll promise you it's going to be a while till it it straightens out and it's not that long till you know we get there so if we continue to have this type of range through the winter it's going to change things immensely but you know it's one of the best lakes that i've ever been to that doesn't have grass as far as quality and quantity of, of of bass so uh, I'm just I'm just glad you know that it looks like it's going to be a lot different, and I sure hope it's not ridiculous cold like that first day two years ago. Man, that was that was just just brutal. Um, it, it makes it mentally tough. Um, I think for northern anglers like ourselves, um, it, it gives us an advantage. But you know, I still want it to be fun when I'm out there. You yeah. know, I want to enjoy myself. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to be. You know, I think it's going to be a lot different um, than last time, and probably better. I think the weight yeah. can actually be higher. Um, just, you know, you never know about the weather and the conditions. A lot can change, but I think we hit it at a pretty, uh, pretty tough time last time uh, compared to what it could be. Yeah, and Kevin, I, you know, I fished that classic last time, and I, I couldn't even get near any area you were fishing i have <laughs> i have never seen a flotilla of boats <laughs> like i saw on grand i don't know even i don't know how you managed there must have been 200 boats at times mm. following you wow. around he's a rock star yeah well there's a lot of fishing fans in that area and um and i remember you know the first day i had a pretty good day and uh you know cliff you know, had a had a good day um, Mike had a, you know, had a, had a bunch, and gosh, of course, you know, Edwin's going to have his followers too. I mean, so there was a half a dozen big groups out there, and you know, if anybody got near anybody else, you just would you'd swap twenty or thirty with them. But, yeah. Uh, you know, they were some of the best fans <laughs> that that I've fished in in a classic. I mean, as far as not fishing, just watching. And, you know, I mean, that just goes to show that they really know what's on the line and they were just appreciating the experience to, to be a fan. And, you know, that it's one of the few places that I can really say that about. I, I can promise you it doesn't happen at Lake Gunnersville. Yeah, that was it, it was an, it was impressive how you managed it. Well, it's great that they were good fans, too. Uh, but, man, that was a monster number of people. But we got a new season again in the elites. A uh, couple new bodies of water on the uh, trail this year. Are there any bodies of water you guys are real excited about this year? Uh, for for me, I would say uh, I'm looking forward to the new couple new places. The one in South Carolina, even though it's not a, I heard it's not a spectacular fishery, but it's it's a new one. I'm looking forward to that one for sure. Um, and you know, getting getting back up north toward the end of the year, 
I think the highlight of the schedule for me is the is the AOY tournament on Malax. It's a lake that I've fished a few times over the years, and it's loaded with bass, loaded with smallmouth, and that one for me stands out. That's going to be a fun one. I, yeah, I think I've heard a lot about. I've never been there, uh, but I've heard a ton about it, and uh, I think that one's going to be uh, that one's going to be phenomenal. But I, I like. Um, you know, I like when we go to lakes, you know, that are really good lakes, and then we go there at a little bit different times. I think Toledo yeah. Bend is going to be um, really, uh, I think that one's going to be really good. I think Wheeler might surprise a lot of people, too, uh, just because we're going there at a really optimum time um, where the fish should, uh, where the lake should fish a little bit bigger and, uh, and the, fish, the fishing should be pretty good. I mean, it doesn't get near the pressure that you know through other tennessee river lakes get yeah because of the lack of the grass in it and that so it that could be a little sleeper in there too but i I just like you know i just like going to new places too you know i mean this this place in south carolina intrigues me um logistically it's it's kind of a nightmare i mean we were talking earlier before about not getting information or, or guys that are getting help and and uh it, you know i've got a good friend of mine that i room with the davy height that's from there and um you know just and, and marty robinson is from south carolina and he's like man you wouldn't believe the guys they've already found all the local sticks and you know they're they're doing this so i, I don't like to hear that because um, i haven't talked to a soul about it and uh you know in a place like that it's important to you know it's important to know what areas are good or which rivers even to look at uh, it's going to remind me a lot of Orange, Texas, in that sense. Yeah. It's, just, it's a really hard uh, fishery to manage. I mean, yeah. it's not like showing up at Grand Lake where you can, you know, go look at the whole thing in a matter of a couple hours, you know, at least see it. You know, it's not like that. So that one's going to be a challenge, but, you know, typically over my career, the, some of the best tournaments that I've had have been to places that, that I've never been to before because you just – you have a totally open mind. Yeah. That's the way you have to, you know, that's really the way you have to go about it. Well, Kevin, this is Brian. Uh, speaking of nightmares and challenges, what, what were your thoughts on the, the Delaware River from a year and a half ago? Well, I'm going to tell you, um, I knew it's the same thing. I, I, uh, I went there really not knowing what to expect, but, you know, I've had pretty good success on tidal rivers in the past. Um, I didn't, you know, practice the thing or anything like that, and um, you know, and talking with the few people that I that I knew about, it, they saw it. You know, it's a it's, it's a tough fishery, but it's pretty good. But I can tell you that first day of practice when I went out there and and saw that seven foot tide swing. I mean, that really um, because your windows there are, are. I know what tidal fishing is like in that sense. Yeah. And your windows are so small. Yeah, they are. It's just so hard. To, I mean, it takes years. Um, to practice that enough to be at, at all the right areas at the right times to even have an idea. So, I mean, that was like, uh, for Mike, that was like stealing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, that that's where having um, local, you know, having that experience that you've had there is just, uh, you know, you just, you, you just can't compete with it. And you proved it there. I mean, the hardest thing to do is to go win on your, on your home body of water. But if there's one place that you're you're really going to have an advantage, it, it's a place like that that has that much tidal swing. So, hey, um, I don't know. I mean, did it? Does that? Is it kind of normal for the way it is, or is it? Is it? Get, is it better than that at times? Or 
because it looks like it ought to have a lot more bass than what I saw there. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a little more challenging than it should have been, and there were a lot of factors. The I tides think. were backwards. The, yeah, the tides weren't weren't right. We had the super moon, which which messed it up even more. I think there were some issues, so it should have been a little better. But it's a tough place. It's tough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not Ohio River tough, but it's tough. And, and Kevin, it, you know, this is Pete. I, the river, when you guys fished it, um, was honestly a little bit tricky. Trickier than I, that I typically see at that time of year because I fish it a lot. And, um, you know, for the previous two or three years, even the previous two months leading up to that tournament, the, the fishery was just really good where 20 fish a day was – Every day, you know, I mean, it was sometimes get 40 or 50 fish. But uh, for whatever reason, when you guys came here, man, those fish were up in the creeks. They were still on the main river. They were in the mouths. They were everywhere, and they were nowhere at all at the same time, the exact week that you guys were here. Maybe it was something to do with that crazy moon or something. But, yeah, it was definitely a little bit more challenging the week you guys were here. Yeah, it was. Do do you have... Kevin. I had a really, really bad tournament, but in in my own mind, I didn't miss it that bad. I mean, the, um, you know, I, I just I had a bad draw the first day, and and that spot that uh, Marizo and that two or three guys were fighting on, I, I that's I tried to start there, you know, and and uh, it just, I couldn't ever. I just I knew that was going to be going to be good, and, and you know, I just I found enough fish in practice just to get me in trouble in different places, and just when I when you tried to manage the tide and that it just i just my timing was just off and i just you know it just it killed me you know i just had a really um really rough time with it but you know like the potomac we got that on the schedule this year you know that's whatever two foot of tide or two and a half foot of tide that's just a lot more manageable yeah. to catch fish through the other phases you know i mean you can you can catch fish there on high tide or on any tide for that matter i mean there's some that are better than others obviously but um you know, it's just there's there's a lot more uh, options there and a lot more areas, and it's you know easier to run the tide there and, and to fish with it just because it's you know so much slower. It's that seven foot swing is is amazing. You know, I mean to see that um, at, when it's low, it's like wow. You know, there's a lot out here, but that's got to be a tough place for a bass to make a living. Though. It, it is. And, sure. and speaking of Potomac, uh, you've won on the Potomac, Kevin, and. Uh, I, I want to just jog your memory, and one of the events you won, I believe it was a top 150, you shared an area with Randy Blockett. Do you remember that tournament? Yep, yep. Did he, yep. It, it, and this, this may be rumor, but I'm trying to dispel rumors on this show. Ike Live dispels rumors. Is it true that Randy Blockett asked you to go on a kale-only diet in that tournament? <laughs> <laughs> That's a rumor. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just checking. All right. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, I don't know. This is bizarre. <laughs> it was bizarre. I don't know. I don't know. Seems you seem like a good question. <laughs> it doesn't seem like a good question. Uh, all right, Kevin, I, I want to tell you, man, this is, for me, has been uh, – seems like uh, we, we've been on the phone for an hour. We've taken up so much of your time. Uh it was amazing. Thank, thank you for joining us on the show. I, and I don't want to say this because Zona and Mercer are listening right now, and they're going to get pissed off. But <laughs> you have been the best guest we've ever had in my life. <laughs> I, I, I know at any second I'm going to get a dirty, I'm going to get nasty text from those guys. Yep, but uh, yep. man, I can't, I can't thank you enough for being on. Uh, just a pleasure and honor for me 
to have you on the show. And, for all and, of us. Yeah, for all of us. And, and to just get to talk and hang out with you and drink a couple beers was was awesome. Uh, it, we do this to everybody that comes on the show. Before we let you go, do me a favor. Talk about your foundation a little bit and, and let people know how they can follow you day-to-day and, and keep up with what you're doing. Well, the, uh, the, the foundation was an idea of my wife's uh, uh, more than anything. And um, basically what, we've, what we decided to do was find a way to where we could kind of give back um, to the sport that's been so good to us and, and really you know, create some more opportunities um, for kids and for definitely for, you know, the environment and, and, uh, and improving fisheries and things like that. So um, we partnered with the Detroit Lions um, a few years back and, and did a, a charity event. I mean, they have, you know, the Lions have multiple charities that they support. And we just kind of went in together um, when, coach, uh, when Jim Schwartz was there as the coach. He's, he's into the outdoors. He's uh, actually grew up on Chesapeake Bay, still has a house there, and, mm-hmm. and really likes to fish for stripers more than anything. But, um, you know, a lot of the players like to fish and stuff, and, and uh, you know, I got to know some of the people there, and we, we put this event together. And, um, you know, we, we had some really good events, raised some good money, and that's really what um, helped, helped us uh, bring the foundation to life more than anything and so you know things that you know that we we do is you know we have um you know opportunities for scholarships we also um provide equipment to like kids camps and things like that and so what we try to do is is make that money that 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 we've raised or that people have donated to us go a lot further i mean the same way i mean you're really really well connected in in the sport with with your sponsors and like you know, my first rod and reel was a Zepco 33, and Zepco is one of my sponsors since since day of my fishing career. And and uh, you know, they'll let me purchase um, you know kids combos for a whole lot less than what some of these camps and things like that could ever go to the store and buy them for, or through even through these companies. And so I can make a hundred dollars go a lot further that way and put a lot more equipment out there. And uh, you know, I know you you try to do the same thing. I mean, uh, putting a fishing rod in a in a kid's hand and supporting some of these camps and things like that that yeah. have fishing programs can go a long ways of providing somebody a, a, maybe a life-changing experience and you know so that's that's a big that's a big part of it um one of the other things that that i think is, is critical and uh, i've just been amazed um and i know you've you know these bass pro shops a lot about you know crank calling them or whatever we all have, <laughs> everybody has different sponsors but but Johnny Morris um, is an amazing individual, and he's definitely the greatest conservationist of our time. He's done more for the outdoors and conservation groups and to, and to support fishing and create um, programs and habitats and legislation than anybody um, probably since Teddy Roosevelt. And a lot of it goes unnoticed, but, uh, but I've been, been around him a lot and, and been privy to a lot of the things that he does. And he's been just an unbelievable inspiration to me. So in my own small way, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to have that same type of spirit because, you know, like I said earlier, the, the lakes or the fishing in, in the country right now is better than it's ever been. I mean, our lakes are just in the north. The smallmouth fishing's on unreal. You know, Lake Okeechobee to, to Florida, Toledo Bend. Our fisheries are being managed. We're smarter about them. 
the habitat and the balance and things like that, water quality, and, and it's just so critical um, going forward into the future uh, to, to, to have that, all these things in mind for you know my kids and your kids and their kids and things like that. So that's really what that's all about. And, uh, it, you know, it's, it's pretty easy. We're, we're all pretty, um, pretty involved in social media. Anybody can, can you know, all you got to do is Google any, you know, anything Mike or anything, and you're going to see Ike and Ellie, or you Google KVD, you're going to, you're going to find my site and stuff like that. And, um, it's, you know, it, it's a lot of fun. I just feel really blessed, um, to, to get to, uh, get paid to do something that I that I really love to do, and uh, it's, it's my passion, and um, you know it's it's my whole life, and, and it's you know it's been a, it's been a ton of fun. So I look forward to um, you know what the future holds, and man, I'm just I can't wait to get the season started. You know, it's it's exciting. Me too, me too. Well, Kevin, thank you for carving out some time. Uh, tell Sherry we said thank you very much for uh, for getting all this set up and. Uh, we will see you in shit a month or something at uh, at Grand Lake. We'll see you very soon. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, be here before you know it, man. And work work day starts tomorrow. You know that. Getting ready, preparation for the new season. Hey, which which Bass University is speaking at this year? Yeah, why, <laughs> why, why, why you keep ducking us at the Bass University, Kevin? <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's something that. Uh, you, you know, it's been just a challenge, and you know, you you think that I've been avoiding you on it. <laughs> I'm telling you, the the window now with um, the classic starting the way that it is, and Mike knows the same thing. I mean, I've I've got a, a really uh, big sponsor base, and it's just it's hard to carve out. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to carve out, carve out time for them this time of the year too, and you know, I mean, especially with a family and that, it's just. It, it'd be really easy to never be home. I mean, all yeah. you have to do is is just always say yes. It's just it's just a challenging time of the year. But I'd love to do it. I I I did lots of them back in the day when Gary White Gary White was running it, and uh, it's a really uh, to me it's a really enjoyable experience. I love because I love the people that that go to them. They are passionate the same as I am about it. Um, so I'd love to be able to do one for sure. So hopefully. We can get it to work out in the schedule. It, it hasn't to this point, but uh, uh, don't think that I'm avoiding you for sure. <laughs> well, it's, that's not the case. It's well, just so hard uh, to keep everybody happy. I understand. Well, we, we uh, you know, our fans are the most passionate and enthusiastic fans in the sport, and I definitely want to give them exposure to the Kevin Van Dam philosophy on fishing. I hope we can get you someday. Soon as I get my date set for 2017, I'm going to give you a call. <laughs> right away. And it'll go unanswered. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kevin, thank you for joining us. Uh, you have a good night. We will see you at the Bassmaster Classic in a month. Kevin Van Dam, everybody. Sounds great. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, guys. Good luck this year. Wow. What an amazing dynamic guest. Man, that was amazing. i got to tell you something. This is freaking surreal for me that – and I told you about that story earlier, and I'm serious. Like, you know, reading the Bass Times, like this is for me like when I was like, you know, 17, 18 years old. We're starting Top Rod and reading about this young guy coming on the scene and then seeing him as an amateur 
and then fishing with them as an invitational. All these years later, it's very surreal that we have him have the ability to have him on the show like that and just shoot the shit with him. Isn't awesome. that amazing? It's, it's pretty awesome. neat. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Dude, I mean, that's like, uh, you know, let me give you an analogy. It's like having, you know, it'd be like having Babe Ruth on. You know what I mean? When he was alive. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. It's freaking... It blows that, me away. That really is just what happened, isn't That's it? That's what just happened. Yeah. That the, just happened. Yeah. That just happened. The magnitude of it is is amazing. And hey, good job, Pete, saving that whole thing when the Skype feed went out. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, you you did. did. That was a great story. Well, it was nice to have a few Kevin stories. I've, I, been, I've been dying to tell those stories. I, you know, that, I'll be honest. When I fished with him during that period... It, it opened my eyes to ledge fishing, and I've used those techniques to this day on Kentucky Lake, on back on Lake Eufaula. I mean, that, that was a that was a big time big time event for me to draw them out in that ledge yeah. bite. You know, it really changed uh, how I fish that deep water. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, Ian from Fear Fishing said, Pete has a story for everything. Thank God. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Pete. Yeah, yeah, Thank sure. Pete. No, Thank Pete. No dead air Gluzak. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> for Pete's sake. That's true. Well, that was amazing. Uh, let me, uh, at this point, I think we're going to take uh, Brian Carpenter from right. We're going to take a small break. Small break, yeah. We're going to take a short break. Hang in there with us because we got a lot of shit when we come back. We're going to do, uh, we're going to do the mystery Tackle box unboxing. It's going to be amazing. You don't want to miss that. And you know how I love to unbox. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, <laughs> we're also going to make some big announcements about Bash University TV. We're going to do some amazing trivia questions with prizes. And we're also going to be giving away this thing plus a bunch of these hats. T. H Marine hats, not TNH. Let me clarify that. And some tackle warehouse and fishity gift packs. I don't know. We're also going to open up the phone lines. We're going to open. We're also going to open the phone lines, and we might have a surprise caller in a little bit that caught not one but two North Carolina state record fish. Hang in there with us. When we come back, more Ike Live. See you in a couple minutes. Hang in. Van Dam in that carousel with Russ Lane right there and Jeff Creek chasing a finite number of fish. Exactly right. And they kind of protected this little area here. This was not a mile-long stretch. There was, you know, three 20-yard stretches. And when other anglers would want to come in, you see Mike Iconelli right here. Well, sometimes anglers butted heads. That's cool. I said, you think that's cool? Just tell me to leave, Kevin. I'll leave. I'm not getting mad at you. I, I'm, just, I'm just asking you. I just wonder if that's cool. It's a beauty hole. You ain't part of the community. Kevin, next time we'll say Mike. And I can please leave the spot. Just, just be nice about it. I'll leave. I wasn't mean. Whatever you want, dude. Be nice next time. And I'll leave for it. That's all. I was nice. How was I mean? I just said, is that cool? He's having a bad day, I can tell. Mike and I don't uh, have the...
Thanks for hanging with us. Man, I, still amazed. Kevin Van Dam. <laughs> through technical difficulties, we still had an amazing interview. That was, a, that was an hour and a half interview or That's so. That's what I'm saying. Candid Kevin. Very you know, candid. Just talking about stuff. Very candid, yeah. Don't get to hear that very much. I, I love the little stuff. You know, when I look back on, uh, and, and by the way, I review all these. I know you've never listened to one, but uh, I, I review all these. And when I look, when I look back on these shows and review them... It, the little stuff amazes me. It's always the little stuff. But that story, I'm almost glad we got cut out of Skype because the story <laughs> of him losing that big one is just so amazing. I, I It's hard for me to wrap my hands around being able to handle it like that. I, I was telling Dave that I'm kind of glad that it – not that he lost the fish, but I'm kind of glad that it happened that way. And it didn't happen in a way where he actually did bring it to the boat. And I muffed the, the landing of the fish. Like you went to grab it and <laughs> yeah. the trebles got stuck got in, in my, your palm and it yeah, ripped off? Yeah, my sweatshirt. The 10-pounder <laughs> swims away. And, you know, I'm the jerk from New Jersey that, that lost the 10-pounder for him. Nah, you know, you know what? It's, it's the, I mean, it's a huge stress to try to land someone's yeah, big, big fish, especially yeah. in a tournament. Yeah. You know, I liken it to trying to catch a touchdown pass. Yeah. I played football for a very long time. I had one chance to catch a touchdown pass. It was a tackle-eligible play. Where you're kind of, uh, it's, it's, it's what's called a jumbo formation. The tight end's really a tackle. You act like you're blocking. You fade out into the flat. It's a goal line play. Ball comes to me. Just like landing a big fish, man. Bounced off my brick hands. <laughs> never got called again. <laughs> but it's the same thing when you're trying to land a fish, dude. You know, like you're, you're in that tournament and the guy's relying on you to get, especially it's a guy yeah. you don't know. You, yeah, yeah, and it's no, always it's a guy. Worst, it's yeah. always a guy you don't know. And you don't know. even trust them. You don't know whether you should trust the guy, right? Right. He could be working against you. Right. Trying to knock the fish off. He's the enemy of you. Uh, you don't dude. know if he's ever seen a, a fish around treble hooks. You don't know if he knows how to belly land. What he's were, never even fished. What were we thinking about letting these people land our fish? He's the, he, sells damn, crazy. he sells damn Nikes at Foot Locker. I'm what do you know you, about fishing? Getting yourself up off the gunnel. And looking at him is no different than when you're walking to the sideline and you're trying to find the best way to disappear into the fucking crowd, dude. <laughs> it's the same thing, man. I swear to God. Oh, man. 
Uh, well, speaking of tournaments, I uh, wanted to give you a quick update, and I don't know if you knew this. Before the Ike Live show today, right now, I fished a winter league on Browns Mill. Today. Mirror Lake, hosted by Five Alive Bassmasters. Shout out to Five Alive Bassmasters. Uh, 22 boats, Pete. Wow. On a winter league in South Jersey. <laughs> that's on, that's on huge Lake. for us, folks. <laughs> uh, un- unbelievable. But I, I just real quick wanted to uh, uh, let you know about how it worked out. 22 boats. We ended up fourth. They paid three. <laughs> we ended up one out of the money. Uh, we had five that weighed almost seven pounds. We caught about ten keepers. But it's interesting because we had about a 45-degree water temperature. But I just want to tell you something that happened, which is really interesting. We get there in the morning and get out to what I would consider um, the, the the dam area of the lake, the deepest water area of the lake. And when we got out there, no sun, low sun, no wind, and as soon as we got there, you could see fish and bait off the bottom, suspended in the middle of the water column, and the jerk bait was just on fire. You know, I mean, a crappie, pickerel, about you know four or five bass, just boom, 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 boom. Who'd you fish with? Uh, I fished with Chris Delfonso, okay. aka Crazy Chris. And as that sun came up within the next hour, you know, as that hour was going on, that sun came up. The wind started to pick up a little bit. Boom. Just shut right down. Decompressed. And it, it was strange because it took me a while. It took me almost another hour, hour to figure it out. But I started looking at my graph, and I wouldn't see those fish up. But I started to see them almost connected to the bottom. You know when you're looking at your graph, and like you, then you see like you, you know the fish are so low to the bottom that they almost start to look connected to the bottom. How, how deep was it? Uh, like like uh, 8 to 10 foot, 6 to 10 foot in, okay, that, yeah. in that range. Yeah. And then once I started to see that, I'm like, oh, shit, they went down. Then I switched to Silver Buddy, vibration bait, uh, vibration blade bait, and started catching them. But it's interesting how, how that sun, or, or it's the timing, I don't know what it is in that winter. I've seen it happen over and over. Suspend it. Sun comes up, boom, down on the down bottom. The bottom. Just, just like that. And you, you were know? able to work that silver buddy on that lake? Silver buddy. Yeah, that lake has um, doesn't have that black death, and it's got just a little bit of that really good grass down that lake. So occasionally you get caught in that, like, coontail, and you could just kind of snap it out. Nice. But it, was, it wasn't a – it was just – Real little short, you know, them short little touches, you know? Yep. Is that right? Yeah. I caught I caught a four uh, northeast, was it? New Year's Eve. Short little little touch, little. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Who were you fishing out there with, right? Keith Cowan. Okay. Awesome. Yep, Keith yep, yep. Keith what Cowan. won the tournament, by the way? Uh, I, I can't remember the guy that won, but the guy that won, the difference maker, he caught a four-pounder. He had four for eight-something with a four-pounder. And that was the difference maker. Gotcha. You know, so as usual, kicker is uh, is real key. Uh, let me remind everybody too. Uh, we have a limited edition. Brian, can we get a uh, close up of that? A limited edition 2016 Ike calendar available for sale. You can get it on the website mikeiganelli.com or Tackle Warehouse selling these things. So check that out. It's pretty amazing. Uh, I want to give away some prizes here real quick, Bri. Is that okay with you? Yeah, you want to announce some winners? Let's announce some winners. Uh, and um, oh, Shoot. What do you got? Well, we have a trivia question, but we've got to be ready for that. Okay, let's not do the trivia question yet. Let's do this. We've Correct. got three 
winners. Um, and I don't want to do I don't want to do the hashtag Watch Ike Live winner yet. We're gonna leave that for a little bit. But I want to do the two post share and comment winners uh, from earlier in the week leading up to this show. And on the Instagram side, the winner is. And by the way, if you hear this, we're gonna send you a message. But if you hear this, feel free to send us a comment via IM or on our Instagram account at Ike Live Show. The winner of the TH Marine <laughs> hat is this is the Instagram winner is Bear seven seven two two Bear seven seven two two You are the winner of the TH Marine ball cap. Really Congratulations! Cool ball you gonna sign that? Hey, hey, come up with that name, like What's that? It's, I don't know. It's, it's like an Apache chopper call sign. You're like Bear seven seven two two. Bear. I don't know. <laughs> bear. I am Bear. And then, this one's probably even cooler. What is this? In this envelope right here, we have, I'm going to display it for you. We have our Tackle Warehouse gift pack. We have a koozie. We have two stickers. Two stickers. One for your truck and one for your boat. And here it goes. This is the money right here. And this says, a gift for you. A $25 gift card for Tackle Warehouse. So we're talking about a $30 retail on this whole thing. Probably. I, mean, I was out with the stickers and the koozie. But the yeah, no, nice. $25 <laughs> gift card. Yeah. And this is the winner of the Facebook repost promotion. And that is Armando S. Garcia Jr. from Del Rio, Texas. Good for him. Is our Facebook winner. Armando, Congrats, if you're Armando. listening, send us a message. If not, we will send you a message via Facebook. Uh, pretty pretty cool. Pretty cool prizes going on there. Wawa Hoagie Lady said, was was it the Gloucester Strangler you fished with today? <laughs> it was. Okay. It was. Uh, <laughs> uh, l- let me, uh, Brian, at some point, too, I want to pull up the, uh, the Going Ike thing. So you tell me when you're ready for that. Okay. Okay. Uh, in the meantime, we have some very big announcements about the Bash University and Bash University TV. A lot of big things going on. Pete Luzik, fill me in on what's going on. I had on to with... write them all down. Okay. What do we got? Uh, well, a lot of great stuff. First off, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to all of those that took advantage of our stocking stuff for promotion for Bash University, Bash University TV. Uh, we've got packed classes. Uh, we're coming up to Tulsa, which is our first class. Um and is it possible? Speaking of that, is it possible to sell out? So should people be scared that they won't get into a class? You know, we we're <laughs> <I'm> scared. <laughs> well, well, what are you, Armando from Laredo, <laughs> wherever he was from? I am Armando. Are scared? I'm scared <laughs> of the university selling out. Sorry, Wait, Pete. Sorry. <laughs> For all of those that you are scared. <laughs> um, we uh, in, in Tulsa, we have a we have. We have a limited capacity, uh, so. But you know, we we'll let you know if we sell out. We we'll get a bigger room. We'll do another weekend for you guys. But give us a call. But, give us a call. <laughs> yo, give us a jingle. Yo, call us. Hit me up, yo. <laughs> Hit me up with my BlackBerry, yo. <laughs> but but now Tulsa is going to be a great class, and we are going to have, based on this show's commentary, the world's number one angler. Aaron Martins. Aaron Martins is is going to be in Tulsa, wow. and uh, 
you know, we're we're really excited to have him there. And for those of you that can't make that, of course, you're going to be able to capture that on Bash University TV. Uh, we're going to have that done. All of our shows, um, well, not all of them, four of our shows this year are partnered with great outdoor shows. Yeah. And I, I just want to give them some love. We're going to be at the New England Fishing and Outdoor Expo in yep. Boxburg, New Jersey, uh, which is a great show. It's did you got, say Boxburg, New Jersey? I did. Boxburg, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yes. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's a great outdoor show. All of our students get free entry into the show. Uh, or just go check out the show. It's it's you know if you're into fishing and hunting, definitely check that out. That's going to be January 30th and 31st. We're going to be there with Bass University as well. So if you're in, if you're into advanced bass fishing, which I'm sure you are if you're watching this show, um, get a ticket for the Bass University. We're going to be uh, on February 6th and 7th the Great American Outdoor Show, which is the one of the oldest outdoor shows in the country. It's in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Um, Bass University is going to be part of that program. And, of course, you guys are all going to gain entry into the Great American Outdoor Show, too. Check that out. We, we're, we're looking forward to working with those guys this year. It'll be our first time working with them. Uh, we're going to be in Columbus. We're going to we're gonna pull some magic this year. We're going to be in two places on the same weekend, which we really like to do. It's a lot of fun, real busy. But we're going to be at the Columbus Fishing Expo February 13th and 14th. Again, all of our guys get free entry into the show. Check it out. Uh, get your tickets for the Bass University. And we're going to be at the Spring Fishing and Boat Show in Ontario this year uh, on, on February 14th and 15th. That's a Sunday and Monday, which is a holiday for the Canadian folks. Check it out on our site, thebassuniversity.com. Uh, we have all the necessary information, uh, ex- you know, exact address, locations, where we're going to be, places to stay. You can get your tickets there. And if you're if you're nowhere near any of these areas, you know, check out Bash University TV. We're going to be filming all of our events again this year, uh, and we're going to be offering that to the folks on uh, Bash University TV. We had a a big meeting uh, about Bash University Live. We did, which uh, which we're going to be launching uh, real soon for you folks. We'll keep you posted. Subscribe to our newsletter. Check it out if you're a Bash University TV subscriber. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna let you know exactly when that's gonna be available. We're gonna be doing it right here. We're gonna be talking about our classes. We're gonna be taking fishing education to the next level with Bash University Live. It's all fishing all the time, from the simplest, most basic questions you may have. Instant message us, call us. Me and Mike will get those questions answered. We'll Skype in our instructors. We'll do whatever we gotta do to to help you bring your fishing to the next level. So. Bash You Live will be more like an, a, just a pure X's and O's podcast with interactive uh, ability. That's exactly right. It, 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 X's and O's, great way to describe it, Dave. And, you know, if you want to, if a guy living on Lake Okeechobee wants to talk about Lake Okeechobee, me and Mike have fished yeah. Okeechobee extensively. And we can we can Skype in our speakers and, and, and talk about that kind of stuff. Like get it. those questions answered. I don't care where you're from, you know, but if you, yeah, you want to move forward, it's all X's and O's, and it's all about fishing. That's Bass University Live coming in 2016. Check it out. We've got some great new promotions coming. We are also uh, happy to be sponsored by TNH or TH Marine. <laughs> um, <laughs> depending, on, depending on what part of the country you're from. Yes. People say it different ways. Yep. So. And we're excited about their partnership, and we're going to announce all of our other partnerships 2016 coming real soon. And we're also going to be at Tulsa, Oklahoma. We're going to be down in Orange, Texas. 
So check those dates out at thebassuniversity.com. That's awesome. I That's want everybody cool. to check that out. Uh, real quick, while we're talking about TH Marine. Yeah, we never brought that uh, up. <laughs> yeah, we because of the technical difficulties, we didn't get to talk about it. But, again, I want you to take a look at that. This is a KVD design product from TH Marine. This is the Kong. Kong. You hear the way I say that? Kong. If you've got one of those big, giant units... <laughs> <laughs> and you need that thing mounted on something secure. Look at Conga. It's pretty hey, awesome. It's heavy duty. What was Pushin's handgun? Like the modulator P thirty eight? Remember he was yeah. looking for that thing? Yeah. Is that what that looks like the It does look like that, doesn't it? <laughs> uh the other thing is once again, uh what you you need these. You gotta have these. Everybody needs these utility boxes. Don't just get a shitty utility box from Walmart that's a no name brand. Cause you're, 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 it's gonna ru- stuff's gonna rust on you. Get a flambo box. Get one with the Z rust. Get one of the tough tainers, and that's gonna keep your stuff dry and secure. Really key. Uh, Brian the carpenter, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. We've got uh, we've got a going Ike promo. Yep, yep, yep. Queued up. Uh, let's take a real quick look. This is a short going Ike promo. Give you another quick glimpse. At the new series coming January 15th. Go ahead, roll, Brian. Let's take a look at this. This is good, Jackson. Well, pr- pretty awesome. Pretty awesome clip there. Uh, gives you a little bit of there insight. Is. There it is. There it goes. Oh, oh legal oh. activities. There it goes, Pete. Legal activities. <laughs> All right, so tell everybody where they can find it. Yeah, it gives, gives everybody a little insight onto this new show. Man, I, I'm busting at the seams here about this thing. Uh, uh, premieres uh, January 15th, and you could find it a lot of places, but the easiest way to find it, on YouTube. And I want you to go subscribe to the Going Ike YouTube channel. Easiest way to get it. It's also going to be available on my website, MikeIkeNally.com. January 15th. Brace yourself. It's going to be a great show. All right. Uh, Pete, this has been a long show. We've got a lot of stuff done already. But here's a big thing we're going to do right here. And Brian DeCarpenter, correct me if I'm wrong, we're about to do something. That we've never done in studio before. Correct. And we are going to do, Dave, we're going to do an unboxing of Mystery Tackle Box. I can't wait. Th- this is this is the fun, man. This, this is fun. This, this is, is why exciting. people love Mystery Tackle yeah, Box. And, 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 and I w- we're going to run a trivia question. Yes. 
maybe right after we do the unboxing, yep. the contents of the box we're going to send to the trivia question winner. Okay, and so there you have it. So I, we're going to do the box. I thought they were going to keep my box. I thought they were for the people in the room. No, we're screwed again. We're screwed again. <laughs> we're going to do this unboxing and uh, hang in there, and then we're going to do a trivia question right after, and the winner of that trivia question will get. The Mystery Tackle Box Pro Box, which I'm holding right in my hand. That's the Pro Box You're right gonna there. You're going to get the Pro Box, which is a really awesome box. But but let me tell you something. This is cool. We just got done Christmas. And to me, look at this. Look at this. This is like Christmas, right? Look at it. You've got a box. I have no idea what's in there. It's got a seal on it. I've got to bust the seal. Bri, you've been a, a MTB subscriber. For about a year now, for, yep. For a long time. Yep, yep, yep. Is this exciting to you? Uh, dude, I love it every month. I get that thing every month. It's it's like it's like a Christmas present. And it it's so cool. It's fishing stuff. You don't know what's inside. It's outstanding. I I love it, you know. It, yeah. It, you know, it, the surprise value alone to me makes it worth it, you know. It, uh for the beginner box, Mike, hold up uh, the, the uh starter box there. Yeah. Right. Okay, here's here's an MTB Pro box. Right. And, uh, Dave, Dave's holding the it. Box. Dave's got one on the cow. Yeah, throw, throw that to Mike so he can hold it up in comparison, Dave. Okay. I'm comparing so, boxes. Yeah, so the brown box <laughs> is $15 a month. You get about $25 retail value of tackle inside. Oh, Jesus. I got the much larger black box. There you go. <laughs> Sorry. Um and then the uh, Pro Box is $25 a month. There's $45 retail value of tackle inside of that. Wow. So not only is it an amazing value, yeah. it's good quality stuff, and it's a surprise. Wow. If you don't have it, you're a fool. That's cool. That's cool. I, I love this concept because I tell you, one of the things, and you know, and I get to do it through our Bash University classes, which is getting exposed to new product and new techniques you would normally never even think about, right? Mm-hmm. It's re- it's real big. I mean, Dave, think about it. Back in the day, you were a jig dude, J- a riverside jig, rattleback jig, with a f- riverside big crawl. That was your deal. And it, you know, when you get confidence in something, it's hard for you to open your mind to other stuff, right? Oh, exactly. It is because yep. that's your deal. Mm-hmm. What I love about this box, you know, is that it, it opens your eyes to other stuff. That's a really, really, really cool concept. Absolutely, so, yep. I, I love that. I love There's it. all so, kinds of stuff I never would have bought before. All right, so yeah. we're going to do this right is that here. Is KVD on the box? Is he on the box? A silhouette of him on the front? Where? It is! Look, there's KVD! <laughs> Kurt, Carl. Yeah, <laughs> Kurt. You know, we didn't know <laughs> about Captain. that. He had the same picture of himself with what he was looking like in the background. That was I pretty saw funny. That. that was funny. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. Uh, so we're going to do this right here live. Look at this. This is sealed. Has never been opened before, ever. In the history of the world. And we're going to open it. And this is the first Ike Live unboxing. Pete, are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm pretty excited. And what we're going to do here is we're going to open this box. And I'm going to pass it around. I want you to look at some of this stuff. Dave, I'm going to hand it to you. I want you to look at some of this stuff. Or do you want to unbox one of those other ones? No, we'll get to that. Okay, we're going to play it by here. Here we go. Okay, so here's what we got. We unbox this thing. We open it up. And we have a card. Brian, what, what is this card? It tells you about... Everything that's in your box. Everything that's in the box, right? So hey, we've got hey, a description of the box. And that's a Peter. Okay, check that out, Pete. Put your glasses on, Pete. Okay, and we've got, <laughs> we've got these baits that are in here. And here's the first one. This is stuffing. That's a hair jig. That's a hair jig. This is a hair jig. This mop, is a Cristofonzo Gorilla hair, Back. No, that's just the stuff. Man, you've, you've got a flat CB Lucky Craft crankbait in what? there. What? 
You've got a 3DB vibe Yozuri lipless bait. Look at this stuff. We've got we got hooks. A Cavatron Mega Strike. We've got a Buzz got, uh, Strike King worms. Recon We've got worm? a lipless, which is a perch colored lipless. Oh my goodness. Look at that. A flat side. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. You a have Buzz a football bait. jig. Let me see the Lucky Craft flat side. Hold look, that. look, Dave. Uh, look at look at this. <laughs> He's already asking for the Lucky Craft. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. I mean, this is a cool concept. And the thing that I noticed right away when I opened this box, and here's I what like I love. That. I like that a lot. And you said somebody's winning this? <laughs> Let's go right down the shirt. <laughs> what I can tell you, what I love about this box already is it's it's a variation of different techniques. Too. Look at that thing. You've got soft plastics. Mm-hmm. You've got hard baits. Ah. You've got wire baits in there. Who, who did Strike King lift this from from about 30 years ago? You tell me. Recon. Oh, that looks like the old uh, gator tail. Is that a gator tail? No, Snake? after that, after that. The auger tail? The Riverside had that. Oh, uh, big wag. The big wag. The big yeah. wag. Yeah, exactly. Good job, Mike. Is that a big wag? Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, no, it's not a big wag. Uh, oh, it looks like a, a big wag. It's, it's a race tail. Okay. <laughs> I mean, these are some high caliber products, you know? I mean, yeah. uh, the, oh, so the retail in the Lucky Craft is 17 bucks. Wow. And uh, and and t- 10 bucks for the Zuri. I mean, just in those two baits alone, you've, you've more than made your uh, – you got the value of yeah, the product. I, I, but they're, they're baits and they're colors and stuff that, you know, are pretty hot, pretty fish-catching type stuff, you know? Yeah, and that's the thing about it. Like, looking at it, like, they're giving you these baits, and, and they may be things that you wouldn't normally try, right? right. So, you know, a color, mm-hmm. uh, a size, um, you know, that crankbait's a flat side. Right. Maybe you fish normal square bills, and all of a sudden you have a chance to try a, a flat side. Yeah. I love that. I love that ability to kind of – it forces you to open up your eyes to new techniques. That's really cool. Yeah, and it's fun. It's really – a lot of – like I guide a lot. I take people fishing all yeah. the time. It's really cool when somebody gets in a boat and shows me a bait or technique that I've not tried before. Yeah. That's kind of how I get exposed to it. But this is really neat. You know, you got that stuff delivered to your house. You can go out, give it a try. And this, you know, Try yeah, something and, new. And, and, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong. This stuff just shows up on your doorstep. Yep. It's Monthly. just it's just laying there on your doorstep. That's, like that's, you walk in from carpentry, a hard day of carpentry. A hard day of work, and there it and is. And it's there, sitting I like, there. I like the day just got better. That's freaking so awesome. So there's um they do the shopping for for, you. for new customers. There's a promo code, get four nine nine. You save ten dollars off your first box. Wow. So if at the beginner box would only be five dollars, for the pro box uh, I believe fifteen. For your first month, yeah. So you save ten bucks there. Um, there is also a uh, a scratch oh, off. Oh yeah, in there. here it is. There's a no. scratch off. And in that's there. a sticker. There's yeah, there's a scratch off. So off. here it is. Yeah. Oh, is it like a Powerball? Can you win oh, the thirty you know million? Uh, we probably shouldn't do the scratch off. No, let's no, we got this thing to scratch. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, we're going to send it to somebody. So let's not do that. Uh, someone rude. is going to get this box. And in fact, I think this is a great segue, Pete. No, leave that in there. This is a great segue. Um, this actual box that Pete is fondling so gently over here, uh, with exception of the Lucky Craft that Dave stole, gotcha. uh, <laughs> the rest of the contents of this box, Mystery Tackle Box Pro Box, we are going to give this box to one lucky winner. And this is going to be based off of the Ike Live trivia question tonight. Awesome. And Pete, what do we have for the trivia question tonight? Yeah. And by the way, uh, give us a heads up. How do we, how do we get a winner here, Miss Rebecca? 
Do we have a winner from IM? Yeah, let's go with IM. IM. Okay. It's a message, yeah. So the first uh, a correct answer on the instant messaging board will win the Mystery Tackle Box Pro Box. We had, in honor of KVD on the show tonight, he had a classic streak that tied Rick Clun at 28 classics wow. in a row. Ended last year. What's that? Are you questioning my trivia question? The, uh, Can't hear you. <laughs> the, who has the current streak now that KVD is starting over again? Who is current? It's 16 classics in a row. Who has that streak active out on the tour right now? That's the answer I to the trivia question. I know exactly. Don't say anything. I have some backup trivia questions, too. No, okay. I'm good with that. Well, are, are we going to unveil the Underbox? No, let's save that. Let's right. save that for another show. Well, I think we're going to do one box per show. I, I love this box. Oh I love the, the Pro Box. Oh, this is actually, These are all shapes and categories that I would use. You know what I mean? There's yeah. nothing in this we box. We have a winner. We have a winner already? already. Oh, that thing lit up. Oh, wow. My God, okay. Uh, okay, stop, 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 everyone. Oh Holy, I can't get rid of all of you. <laughs> that was too okay. easy. It sounds like the contest is over. Contest uh, is let's over. get an image of Miss Rebecca in the back. And Miss Rebecca, oh can you uh, can you take us through what just happened here? Well, we got at least 50 people. Okay, seriously, watching. stop. <laughs> okay, please stop. Okay. <laughs> I'm leaving. All right. <laughs> They're not stopping. Oh God! All right. Do you want your winner? Mm-hmm. We want the winner of the mystery tackle box okay. MTB Pro the, Box. The first person to correctly answer, and I hate to break it to you, but not a lot of you answered correctly. The man is sitting in this room. Yes. Pete Gluzak. Thank Pete you very Gluzak. much. Thank you, Baba Booey, for correctly Baba guessing. Pete. Baba Booey. Pete Glusick's partner in crime, Mike Iaconelli. Wow. Who you got the answer? Baba Booey. Baba Booey. Baba Booey. Baba Booey. Congratulations. 16. Okay. Right. Amazing. All right. All right. So uh, uh, Baba Booey is the winner. Oh, there's, there's only 70 comments to filter through now. 70 comments. Thanks, guys. Uh, Baba Booey is the winner of the MTB Pro Box. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, how, how, do, how does uh, Baba Booey, how do we get to hold of Baba Booey? Baba Booey, just send me your information here because I have to f- sift through about 90 messages right now. Okay, Baba Booey, send us send I us won't your, post it. Just yeah, send us send your information, Baba Booey. We, we won't post it. The Mystery Tackle Box Pro. Oh my yeah, God, it's awesome. They love this thing. I mean, this is this is a pro. Dude, this is, Brian, how many dollars? How many U.S. dollars of value here? How many? $45. $45 U.S. <laughs> currency dollars on this box. It's like 9 million Canadian. <laughs> That's how, yeah, it's like 9 million Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> We've never had that many entries in never. one of our trivia never. contests. That was a great question. Well, that one went quickly. It did. Hmm. Uh, let me uh, let me remind everybody that we want to hear from you. Not about that question because it's over, but we do want to <laughs> hear from you. And uh, what we're going to do right here, this is a really cool part of the show. And uh, let me let me go ahead and check my time. We're at about 20 minutes left, and at this part of the show, we're actually going to open up the phone lines. We want to hear from you. Uh, in a second here, I'm going to have our very own Brian the Carpenter put up all our toll-free number. It's a uh, toll-free number. The number is 855-498-0691. Uh, 
Uh, give us a call. We want to hear from you. If you want to comment on KVD, if you want to comment on Kevin Van Dam, uh, if you've got a comment on anything you heard on this show, uh, give us a call and let us know. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. Uh, in the meantime, I, I also uh, want to let you know that Ike Live is available a lot of different ways. If you want to uh, send this show to a buddy or if you miss some of the show and you want to listen to it, you could get us through iTunes. You could get us on Stitcher, Carbon TV, YouTube, and, of course, Periscope. Uh, what do we got? Brian the Carpenter? What do you got back there? We have a caller. I think we have our first caller already. <coughs> and... Uh... <laughs> That's a dial tone. Ooh. Ooh. That's a horrific oh, dial tone. Man. I am in echo mode. Did we just get hung up on? Hello? You there? Yes, caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? This is Dennis. Hi, Dennis. Well, what's your question? I'm from Mudlick, Kentucky. <laughs> okay, what's your question? Uh, how, how much is the big wow. black one? Oh, hey, ca- caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? This is Wayne Morris from Somerville, New Jersey. Hi there. How are you tonight? What's your question, man? I'm doing great. I was wondering what your favorite color of DT6 is. I was all right, here's a good, that's a good question. Uh, can you please turn turn down your uh, turn down your computer or your your feed real quick? Uh, favorite color of DT6 is an Ike's custom ink color. Mine too. And I have to say for for all around fishing, my favorite color, without a doubt, is Disco Shad. Disco Shad. Which is a pearl sides, uh, purple back, sort of a uh, uh, glitter purple back. And a pale yellow belly. Disco Shad's my favorite. Pete, what I do like, you like. I like the old school. Old school. It's a great color. Yeah. Old, based off an old Bagley's color. Yeah. Old school Bagley's color. Yeah. Faded chartreuse, yeah. black back. Great tidal water color. Yeah, it's a great tidal water. Great all around. And I up in Lake Erie, I was using that. Um, uh, what was that? It looks like a blue back herring. And maybe that might yeah, have been blue the back. color. Blue back herring's a great color. The smallies were just tearing that up up there. It's a good color. Old school. Good color. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Dave, I want to get back. I want to get back to your call. I like that voice. Is that a character <laughs> that you have, or is that just you just came up with that? Like Free, that freestyle. You're a freestyle. Freestyle. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. Did you like the sawdust analogy I made earlier? What, what, what refreshing. When Kevin was talking, and I said something. I, I missed that. The sawdust. I can't remember. There was a sawdust something. I I'll said. have to listen to it again. I don't know. Yeah, it was good. You said something about metal shop. But I was talking about sawdust. Nah. Yeah. Well, no, nah, I know you were ripping on me being in shop classes instead <laughs> yeah. of smart classes, but I mean, <laughs> and I missed the sawdust reference. I said something about sawdust. What do we got, Bri? Uh, oh, I can't hear you anyway. Uh, I, I, I want to talk a little bit about this stuff right here, Pete. Check this out. Look at that. Hold that. Touch that. Fondle that. Uh, liquid mayhem. Liquid mayhem. Amazing <laughs> scent. Man. Certain situations, scent is the deal. Garlic. Scent is the deal. Cold water, tough fishing, heavily mm-hmm. pressured fish, scent's the deal. Liquid Mayhem, available tackle warehouse. And now, select Bass Pro Shop stores. I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Congratulations, Five guys. exciting flavors, Mr. Pete Glusick. 
uh, man, this stuff stays on your hands. You, you, I mean, it just lasts <laughs> but, forever. They're adding a sixth flavor in 2016. They dude. are. Yeah, mud, mud shovel. Mud shovel in 2016. Uh, shad, garlic minnow, crawl, leech, garlic crawl, leech, and Pete's favorite, Pete's garlic knot. <laughs> garlic knots. Yeah. Yeah. You get them at your favorite Italian restaurant. They're super good. Yes. Caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Eric Drenner, Grand Lake, Oklahoma. How you doing tonight, man? What's Grand your question? Lake. I'm, I'm great. I'd like to know what the, uh, with all the jerk baits out there, all the different sizes, all the different colors, all the different rods, all the different lines, what is the best and most universal rod, line, jerk bait combo out there? God, what a question. Wow, that's a great question. Uh, I'll handle that question. I do not have the answer to that question. <laughs> that, that I have. By the way, Grand, your Grand Lake is a disaster right now. <laughs> yeah, how? Well, yeah. Fill us in. I, we're actually, we're, we're going to turn this around and ask you the questions. What okay. are What are the conditions? Oh wait, you know what? Wait a minute. Oh. It's after January first. Don't answer that. Don't answer that. Don't tell me anything about that. Really. No, you can't answer that. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me. I want to step in and, and tell you a little bit about my my jerk bait deal. And I got to tell you that you know if I'm going to pick a jerk bait color, anywhere I go, Grand Lake. Yes. I fished today. Yes. I fished a winter league. I want a shad pattern bait and something with that pearl in it. You know, a pearl white, pearl silver. Pearl blue, sexy shad. sexy shad, something in that tone is my favorite. You know, Rapala makes that blue back herring color that we were just talking Even about. Even in dirty water. Even in dirty water. Now, in dirty, okay. In dirty water, a lot of times what I'll do to that pearl is I'll want it to have a bright belly on it, right? So I'll go to like a pearl with a chartreuse belly or a pearl with a bright orange belly. So that's a great color combination for anywhere you go. On the line. Fluorocarbon, fluorocarbon, fluorocarbon. Uh, you know, 8 to 12 pound tests. I'd say 10 pound tests is what I throw the most on a jerk bait. And then on a rod, let me let me just tell you this because this is a personal preference, but a shorter rod with a shorter butt. A shorter I butt like rod. I like a 5.6. How about you? I, I use, uh, we, we did a rod with Abu Garcia, Nike Series rod. We yes. did a 6.4 rod, but it's got a very short butt. It's almost like one of those old. Pistol grip rods. Pistol grip. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot like that rod, and that lets you get the cadence you need for a jerkbait. So, I see. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, I, I tell you what, this has been a real true honor. I've followed you guys for a long, long time. Uh, Alan Head is my cousin. We're, we're going to see you guys at uh, the Bassmasters. Welcome you guys back, and, and this is a great, great show. Hey, thank, it. Yeah, thank you for the call. We'll see you. Uh, by, by the way, Ike, aren't you an old mini-boater? Absolutely. I run a mini boat club here in Oklahoma myself. Yeah, actually, uh, uh, three of the guys, actually four of the guys, even Pete, all the guys on Like Live right now start it in little tiny boats, mm-hmm. John boats, 10 and 12 foot John boats. So we're all mini yeah. boats. Yeah, we've, I've been running the club uh, 15 years now. I've got some great sponsors like Motor Guy, Gene LaRue, Laurent, uh, Jack Link. Man, it, it, we, have, we have a great turnout, and, and I do it for a lot of the kids. Adult and and, and and really appreciate you guys big time. Hey, hey caller, what you say your cousin's name was? Eric Grinner. And who's the other guy's last name? Was Head? Alan said? Head. Yeah, Alan Head is oh, my I know cousin. Alan. I know Alan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Any relation to Richard Head? Who? 
<laughs> nah, never mind. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, 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 thanks for the call, caller. That's All right, a- <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. See you in March. Hey, come see us uh, out at Tulsa okay. at the Bash University. We'll be there okay. next month. I will. And, um, you know, that's just such a tough question, man. I like When he asks that question, I mean, I, I can't dial it down on jerk baits. It's I, tough. I have them this big, yeah. you know, from husky jerks to, you know, shadow wraps and but the line is key, floor Line's key. Line. I like the longer rods, though, man. You do. I yeah. like the longer rods. On a spinning rod. I like it on a spinning rod. I like the shorter. Rods. I like shorter rods just for the cadence. cadence. The I, cadence I, I agree. You know? I guess it's so much time tripping them smallmouth. Right. And when they grab it, they go they go crazy. They go berserk. And yeah. I need that long rod. So I've I've learned how to get that cadence on on the side, yeah. left and right. And that way, I got that you know seven plus foot rod. And when he, when he gets it, I can get him pressured up. <laughs> uh, caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, Angelo, and I'm calling from Mount Ephraim. Angelo from Mount Ephraim, New Jersey? Yeah. Okay. Right. How you doing tonight? What's your question? I don't got a question. I got a little bit of a story. Okay. <laughs> That's even better. Um, <laughs> nah, since KVD was on the show tonight, I have a little funny story from when you guys came to the Delaware. Alright. Um, I guess what was it, a couple tournaments before at Bass Fest when he told you, you know, you weren't a part of the community. I felt like it was my job to let <laughs> him know that when he came to Gloucester Ranch, he wasn't part of our community. <laughs> <laughs> but being said, I feel like I'm the I'm taking full responsibility in that I got into his head enough that he skunked that tournament. <laughs> <laughs> You're celebrating that? Good, no, that's what I was <laughs> had a good call with the guy. No, I'm not celebrating that. I'm just saying, hey, 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 listen to me. Home field listen advantage. Listen to me. Home field advantage. You know, yeah. listen, he's the best angler in the world. Him and yeah, Aaron. I know. I, I know that. And, you know, if, if you only know knew the passion that I have for the sport, I threw everything I thought about that guy out the window that day. <laughs> so what'd you say? Wow, what'd you say to him? About his them boots that he wore in that Bugs Island tournament that you fished with him. You know? The boots? Yeah, them brown boots. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have like Uggs on or something. <laughs> he had Uggs. That's, what, that's yeah. why he's not catching fish, Mike. It might he's be the Uggs, uh, dude. It might be the Uggs. So, Holy shit! I didn't think about that. So, Angela, what'd you say to him? What? When I when I when I see him that day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the other or time you had dinner. Him, with you know, he was having a rough day coming off the water. It was the final day, uh I guess it was Wednesday. The day right before the tournament. <laughs> and uh, he was pulling his boat out and I just said, Can't use the ramp, Kev. You're not part of the community. <laughs> <laughs> What'd he say to you? <laughs> he said in that in that K V D sincere voice of his I hope I am. <laughs> <laughs> did you feel guilty then once you heard his feelings? I did. I mean, now that I think about it, you know, like, and I think about everything that he's accomplished, and then that was my first thing I ever said to him. 
<laughs> kind of made you feel a little bad. <laughs> you're a bully, Angelo. <laughs> Jersey yeah. style, Jersey style. Yeah, buddy. Hey, Angelo. Right, I gotta go to work. <laughs> Thanks for the call, man. All right. Oh, so God. Oh, I love, I love living in New Jersey. Yeah, well, no wonder everybody hates us. Oh, oh my God. I love it. I have the same regret after every show he had in that instance. So. <laughs> after the last show when you called oh, in, Jesus. totally inebriated. I was working. I wasn't inebriated. <laughs> Cats out of the bag. I had just got done breaking. I thought stones. you said they did drug testing at your Yeah, job. I had just got done 20 minutes with my guys, man. Uh, truck drivers, dude. We talk a certain way, and that's you know, whatever. I'm still not over that. Uh, let me uh, let me let me show everybody my socks. Look at those socks. I have on Yoda, official Yoda. Yoda Star Wars socks, and they came in my stocking this Christmas wow. from Santa Claus. That's very nice. Thank you, Santa. You got beat up over those socks tonight. <laughs> I did. They're Yoda I don't socks. understand why people are hating on those Look socks. Look at the ears. They have ears on the socks. People are also hating on the way that you cross your legs, as you said. Well, whatever. <laughs> whatever. I don't care. Let people hate. Carl, what's your name? Where you call from? Uh, my name is Ben, and uh, I'm calling from Bossier City, Louisiana. Hi, Ben. What's your question tonight? Well, I was actually going to ask you about those diarrhea-colored socks, but it looks like somebody <laughs> already did. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, they're, uh, they're Yoda socks. I'm you how you feel about fishing the Red River this year at Moser City. Mm. Uh, I love the Red River. I love so you going Red back River. to the Red? We're not going back to the Red. I love the Red River. I wish I was going back. Uh, I, I won't be fishing air this year, but the Red River's amazing place. Uh, I owe a lot of my career to the Red River. That's right, the national it's, championship. It's where I won the Federation Nationals right. way way back a thousand years ago. Swimming a uh, jig. Yeah, swimming a jig. It's an amazing place. All right, well, that's all I needed to know. Thanks for the call. Hey, we love the people. Thank you. Okay, appreciate that. Man, it sounded like a Geiger counter was going off, didn't it? <laughs> hey, metal detecting. Yeah, he's looking for uh, radon or gold, aluminium or something. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, real quick, why we're between callers, uh, let's settle a score here. It's a new year. It's January 3rd, 2016. Okay. Let's, let's, do we want to, let's talk about the weight thing. And I think, do we want to continue <laughs> this or do we want to put an end to this? Pete, I'm going to start with you because you were the original weight loss contestant on Ike Live Weight Loss. <laughs> weight program. loss contestant. Dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> leave, I'm leaving with parting gifts. <laughs> OG it's, like the gong show. it's like the gong show. We're going to gong you off. Uh, uh. You know, we, we kind of came to the conclusion the last show. We settled on a number, and it was a roundabout number of the weight you lost. You did yeah. a terrific job throughout the year. Are we going to continue this in 16? Are we going to call it to an end? Well, I am going to continue doing what I do. Yeah. But we're, I want to call this to an end. I was doing this okay. for the kids. Yeah. I didn't realize the kind of abuse I was going to have to sustain. You know? Aiming. I was trying to take some kids fishing to the Ike Live Foundation. Right. And then all the sexual abuse came. Oh, shit. 
right, all right. So we're putting your weight loss in. Uh, Dave Brodzik, what yeah. are we doing, Dave? Are I, don't, we, I never want to do it in the first. Whatever you guys want to do, I don't care. You know, you me. never want to do it in the first place. All right, I don't care. All right, I want to tell you real quick, and I, then we'll get to this caller. I've, that I have noticed something that I have a weight gain. In the last, and I'm proud of it. Just like you were proud about the weight loss, <laughs> I'm proud of my weight gain. Brian DeCarpenter, give me a close up of that thing. That's the one. <laughs> there it goes. Look at that thing. Well done. Thank well you. done. That's disgusting. Thank nah. you very much. That's about 20 pounds since the fishing season. That There's I no put way on. it's 20 pounds. Becky, how did this happen? It's not quite 20 pounds. It right. happens every off season, but the last couple years, the belly has just <laughs> looked more pregnant yeah. every. Every winter. But you know the crazy <laughs> thing? The classic will happen, and within two weeks, all that will be gone. He'll drop 15 pounds. It's insane. It'll Every go. woman would die to lose weight like that. It's just... I mean, if that's a belly in Becky standard, Pete, you and I must look like Kamala. <laughs> you know? Sumu. Yeah. Kamala. Jesus Christ. <laughs> hey. Uh, hey, we got to. Uh, what we can, you know? I've got one more call on the line. Um, it is 10 o'clock. We got sloppy as all hell in this last hour. So. We did. Oh, my God. You guys are a mess. Oh, okay. So let's, uh, let's end on a high note, man. Uh, let's all do right. it. Uh, caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, Doug Jenkins from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Hey, man, what's your question tonight? Hey, I just called to make a comment about uh, how to grow the sport. I really like that segment. Um, I'm in the middle of trying to get a high school fishing program started at the local high school, and I'm having a lot of trouble with the AD and, you know, getting things going. Right. Um, I really liked what you guys talked about with uh, the Major League Fishing in that new format. Yeah. And I thought Bass Fest was a great new format. Uh you know, going forward to get people excited about watching it and, and whatever. Um, and I guess my follow-up question or, or comment is, is, what do you think about, uh, my understanding is Jacob Wheeler is not going to be invited back as the defending champion. I uh, wonder what you guys' thoughts were uh, with that. Uh, uh, are you talking about for uh, Major League Fishing or the... Uh, for Bass Fest. For Bass Fest. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, Bass Fest is such a unique format that, uh, you, you know, I, my personal opinion is I believed he should have been invited back uh, last this year. So mm-hmm. when we had it at Kentucky Lake as the winner of Chickamauga from the year before, yep. I felt right. like I felt like he should have been invited back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, the, the, you know, Bass is trying a unique format. They're trying to get more people to look at the sport. They're trying to get more viewership and more excitement. And, you know, they made a decision not to do that, to, to base the entries off the elites and the and the open entries this year. So, And then this year, they changed it again. You know, so they're continually trying stuff. So I, I think he should have been invited this year as, as past champion. But, uh, you yeah, know. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. I mean, being the being the champion of a major event like that, you should. I think you should be invited back. But I don't think it was a malicious intent by Bass to do that. I really don't. I think, like you said, Mike, they're trying new things. Yeah. And they're trying, uh, you know, trying to grow and trying to be fair to all the other competitors out there on yeah. the elites and and fishing the opens and and all. And man, it's it's a monumental task to balance everything and make the exact right call in every scenario. But, um, Certainly, and, and I never got the impression that it was, it was malicious. It just seems like, in an interest to, you know, to grow the sport and to, you know, make it more popular, that the, the more inclusive it would be in, in bringing in those guys from, you know, other other formats, w- would be good going forward. Yeah, 
Well, you know, I, I, I bet you I'm certain that they're having those conversations. They're probably listening to this one, to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, they're going to weigh all that stuff and, and try to make the best possible decision that they can for the sport. Because, I, I mean, they, they really, I mean, if anybody's got skin in the game, it's Bass. I mean, they nobody wants to build the sport bigger than Jerry McInnes and BASS does. They, they really do want to grow it. And they're going to continue to try to make the right decisions. They don't always. No, nobody ever does. But uh, I, I certainly feel that, that that's at the base of the decisions that they're trying to make is to do things that are good for the sport. I agree. I agree. Well, hey, thanks for your time, guys. Uh, first time listening to the show tonight, and uh, I'll be listening every week or every time. Appreciate it. Thanks for the call, man. Thanks for your time, man. Bye. All right, Brian Carpenter, we're going we're gonna to go out with a bang here, and we want to announce the winner of the um, photo uh, uh, tweet with the hashtag WatchIkeLive. Mm-hmm. And uh, during the break, our very own Brian the Carpenter poured through thousands <laughs> of submissions. And tens of thousands. Tens of thousands <laughs> of submissions that came through. Dude, there was a lot tonight. There was a lot. Yes, there and was. There was Kevin, Kevin brought it. Yeah, Kevin did bring Absolutely. it. It was amazing. Uh and there was one that really stood out on Twitter. I got it. And it was uh, his Twitter handle is believe the hype, like that. You got to say it like that. Believe the hype. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, why, why, and why is that? You have to. Say I don't know. It. <laughs> and here's the picture. We're looking at it right now. And there he goes. And he is in his kayak, uh, hardcore watching Ike Live <laughs> on a big screen TV. And uh, Believe the Hype That's is good. the winner of our retweet photo contest. Uh, uh, is it Brand- Brandon Sr. gets the jersey? Brandon Sr., we're going to send that to you. We're going to autograph it. Uh, we will send you a message via Twitter. If not, send us a message. Uh, DM us with your address, and we'll make sure you get that beautiful thing. Thank you for t- participating in that contest. I believe the hype. Yeah, believe the hype. Um, let me uh, let, let me give you just a real quick before we sign out. Let me give you just a little like a uh, a little sprinkling of pixie dust on the new Ike Live shows coming up in 2016. Oh, Dave, what do we got coming? I want to sprinkle some of the stuff. Sprinkle We're, some crack I'm, like on the Chappelle show. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to sprinkle some of that crack oh and give God. you a giant woody about the new Me Ike Live Me and Dave are always in the dark, so it's a surprise to us. Okay. Uh, and, and I'm not even going to tell you dates. I'm just going to start That's because we some, don't have them. I'm just, <laughs> quiet. I'm just going to start throwing some names at you. Gerald G-Man Swindle Jeez. in studio. What? Jacob Prosnick in studio. What? Tommy Sanders in studio. And the JM Production <laughs> camera guys in studio. Oh my what? goodness! And one last one. The Brewmasters from Yards Brewery in studio. All coming up 2016. Man, can't wait. It's wow. gonna be awesome. That's uh, that's all before the classic. That's all before the classic. Uh, Beautiful. Keep, keep your eyes posted on uh, IkeLive.com, MikeIkeNally.com for dates and times. Shout out to Kevin Van Dam and KVD for Good being job, on Kevin. the show. Thank, Thank you, you guys. Kurt and Thank you guys. So shout out to all our sponsors. Thank you guys for what you do. Uh, shout out <laughs> to our crazy social media fans and all the fucked up pictures you post. Thank you very much. 
We'll see you later. Have a good night. Ike Live 2016, Happy baby. New Year, everybody. Happy New Year.